Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us here. It is episode number 160, our season 16 finale. And it is Monday, January the 6th, 2020. Happy New Year again. Thank you guys for romping with us into a new year in the world of retro wrestling. Of course, I'm Joe Morata alongside baby New Year himself, Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Happy New Year. How'd you do that with the Cheetos on your couch on uh, New Year's yeah, and all that? Cheetos, something like that. <laughs> uh, the Trader Joe's kind, though. Trader not, Joe's, A little Cheetos. more healthy. Yes, of um, But, yeah, it's New Year's. Um, New Year's, Big yes. show, Dancing in a Diaper. The As whole, always. The whole thing. Gotta it's 2020, it. too. It's a new decade. It's the Roaring Twenties. Uh, yes, welcome to the Roaring Twenties. The flappers are coming out in full force this year. Uh, the go. stock market's going to skyrocket <laughs> and then right. fall in 2029. And uh, the Sultan of SWAT, the uh, Great Bambino, <laughs> been making a return, I understand. Real retro podcast, <laughs> yes. huh? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Folks, we're going to have some great retro wrestling talk for you in just a minute here. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there. That's at OVP Podcast. Some great uh, retro video clips and things like that that people seem to enjoy. Again, that's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a really nice place that people can sign up and join this group. It's over on Facebook. Right. Facebook.com slash 20s. It's a yes. great site with all the flappers and all that oh, kind of man, stuff. Yeah, I mean, all the, you know, great Gatsby. Stu Hart maybe wrestles with his <laughs> 20s. I don't know when he wrestled. Winding down his career. <laughs> God, yeah. You know, all them. Well, you got to get there first. That's the important part, right? Facebook. You guys want to know how to get there, right? Yeah, I do. So there's a search bar on this, you know, old school 20s website. And in the search bar, you type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, um, kaflui. I, I don't know if it was invented in the twenties. Maybe it was kaflui was, um, but the, yeah, kaflui. the Charleston twenty three skidoo, twenty three skidoo. <laughs> anyway, over there, um, you can post gifts, gifts, pictures, uh, questions, ask comments, your favorite UWF match, whatever. So just do that and don't be a dingus. We have a policy, right? That's the main thing, right? So on the internet, which you've heard of probably, there people get mad at wrestling a lot and like mm-hmm. get mad at each other about it. You can bring your opinions to the group and you can ask questions, you can disagree and all these great things. But the number one rule is don't be a dingus to each other. Yeah, that's don't, all. Don't be like, be because nice. you think Gotch is a good wrestler <laughs> and you're a jerk because yeah. I don't think that. Because you think Hackenschmidt is better right, or whatever. exactly. So if you, I mean, those are the, always the kind of discussions <laughs> that are going on over there. Right. right, if you're on Team Gotch, that's fine. Or Team Hackenschmidt. Either way, just join the group and have fun talking about the retro wrestling. Uh, you can talk about a little bit current also if you'd like. Uh, speaking of which, we have some current stuff going on. We have a Patreon if you uh, want to check that out. If you want to support the show, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Some great rewards there. We like to give back to you guys for supporting us. We've got pay-per-view reviews, live 1983 WWF stuff. Lots of cool stuff. More on that later. But Quinn, this season, which is this is it. This is the end of the season. It's the end of it. It's, it's the beginning it's, of the year, but the end of the season. Weird, huh? Yeah, I don't like, like the way it, that worked it, out. It but. will begin like... <laughs> A week into the year. Yeah. Uh, we have been talking all season long 
about wrestlers that spent much of their career not at the top of the card. They didn't. But not at the bottom. They didn't do that no, either. No no. no, no, no. We're talking about the best of the best in the mid card. The people that had great matches, great personalities, were over with the crowd. Just really memorable characters and wrestlers from the 80s and 90s. What better way to wind this one down than to spend some time talking about somebody that, honestly, in depth, we haven't talked about a lot. And I'm talking about someone that we're going to tell you in a second as it's OVP's salute. To the mid-card. Man, I was half expecting to play Rhapsody in the Blue with this new decade going on here. (laughs) Well, Gershwin is doing some hot tunes, but we are talking about, folks, one of the best, Owen Hart. Yes, Owen Hart. He is really good. He really is. I I hate to simple simple it down (laughs) like that, but I really just like him in general. All around, one of the best uh, wrestlers that I've ever seen in terms of personality, but also in the ring. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Owen Hart here and what made him so great and a little bit about his career. He's obviously the youngest of the famous Calgary Hart family. Yeah, the, the Hart farts. So the little baby Hart you know, Hart. Brett, <laughs> Brett and his stories, you know, I used to defend my brother you know, in we, school. We used to brush our, our teeth with our fingers because we had tin of tooth powder. Yeah. But, so anyway, so Owen Hart was, yeah, born in 65, which I mean, I think they started having kids. I think their oldest one, Smith, was born in God. The forty-eight or nine yeah, or something. So I mean, Owen so is, he was like, woo! yeah, th- this is he was the last one. They always said he was the spoiled one because yeah. I mean, the little baby of the family. Like, you know, I mean, what is there? There's probably sons that are like twenty by the time he's born, close to it, yeah. right? Seventeen, let's say. And Owen, kind of unlike Brett and uh, Keith and Bruce, you know, Mister Mister, I want to be famous, Mister Excitement. Owen didn't seem, from what I understand, to always aspire to be a wrestler. He obviously had the natural athletic ability. He grew up around wrestling, but from what those in, a fa- in his family have said, he never really wanted to be a wrestler uh, as much as, let's say, Bruce, who clearly just wanted fame and fortune and success. What was he interested in? The other heart aspiration, being a firefighter. I guess uh, he yeah. was actually. Yeah, okay, no, you're so right. There about you that. go. But he did wind up becoming a wrestler around the age of 20, 21 in the uh, mid-80s, and obviously wrestled in Stampede and elsewhere. Because I'm a worthy champion, and I'm going to prove it, when I put that belt on the line, I'm going to beat your butt, Jerry Morrow. And basically went to the WWF, we're just simplifying here, go to the WWF, in 1988, and I think he had a match or two, I don't even know if it aired on TV, uh, as a job, or Owen James, I want to say. Owen Jart. Owen I, Jart. Not Hart. <laughs> Owen Jort. Owen Jort. It starts with a J. It's different. <laughs> but notably came in as the Blue Blazer. I believe it was originally the Blue Angel. Weighing in at 228 pounds from parts unknown, the Blue Angel. And that was this, you know, you guys don't know what the Blue Blazer is. It was this blue caped and uh, singleted, masked superhero type character. He was an interesting character because he kind of just came on the scene. We've seen him in some stuff in some of our pay-per-view reviews, and he's way different than everything else going on and way more exciting. He is, you know, and that's one of the things about Owen. And we make a joke with Brett always saying, you know, Owen was kind of the best of the technical and the high-flying. But, man, early Owen Hart, seriously, especially as a Blazer, he really was incredibly athletic. He was one of the only of the high-flying, other than maybe Ricky Steamboat. I'm trying to think in of people the around in WF during Lanny that time. Profo did yeah. moonsaults, if that counts, but yeah. Brothers I mean, Beverly. That, that's basically it. <laughs> that's really it. So Owen would do these really cool moves, just bouncing off the ropes, flipping in and out of stuff, you know, his trademark kip-ups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or is it nip-up? It's kip-up. <laughs> it's kip. Okay. They always said kip. It's kip. Very kip. Fry. kip. 
<laughs> Kip Sop. One of your guys, Kip or Ned, short name. Anyway, so the Blazer was a mid-card gimmick, and it was over. He never really won anything of importance. Right, and you know, you can kind of tell, I always thought this with the Blue Blazer, that they were clearly trying to, like, yeah, he could high fly and whatever, you know, but they clearly wanted to sell some merchandise. Oh, or, yeah. Like, it's very yeah. obvious. Like, it's, it's like, totally. oh, look at this. He looks like a superhero. He's got neat music. It's like with laser beams in it. You remember? <laughs> do, 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 do. Like, yeah. it's like, it's almost got that WWF when the, when it's forming the yeah, W, the neon the w. WF yep, and yep. the thing. It's like got those noises and it's like, oh, he's from the future or something. <laughs> Maybe he's related to Captain Falcon from F-Zero. I don't know. It was totally a kid's gimmick, though. Yeah. You're right. And uh, he, you know, I guess his most high-profile appearance during this would be at WrestleMania Five, where he has a, a nice little short match with Kurt Hennig. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing he did in 89. Yeah, I mean, being on WrestleMania in general. Yeah, that, that he did make exciting. it. He yeah. made it to a WrestleMania, and he hurt his knee, I believe, around this period of time, and left the WWF. And then when in he wrestled in Japan, he wrestled in Mexico. He actually was on and off as the Blue Blazer until '91, before losing it in a in a I believe it was El Connecticut. I forget who he fought. El Connecticut. El Connecticut. <laughs> El Connecticut. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, he actually showed up in WCW in the spring of '91 for a handful of TV matches, yeah. which I'm sure I will cut in one of them right now. Owen Hart, tremendous athlete. Our first opportunity to see him here on World Championship Wrestling. And that didn't last long, well, obviously. Well, time a heart goes to WCW, it doesn't really work <laughs> out. Like, British Bulldog, even, he went there. Neidhart. Neidhart. They all, like, it's like, I don't know what it is about WCW and hearts, but it they're Just not, doesn't work. not compatible. Other <laughs> than, like, I guess you can count Brian Pillman is sort of a... He's, he's not a heart. Yeah, but he pretends star. to be one. It's true. He's like, I, you know, I train there. I, I was in the heart family. Yeah. So... Owen Hart comes back to the WWF in the fall of 1991. Kind of an interesting little angle here. See, Jim Neidhart, a couple of things happened with him in the spring of 91. They lost the tag titles, him and Brett, mm -hmm. and he got dumb clothes. Right, I was going to say, the pants seem to be the most interesting development. <laughs> so he got pants made for Owen, apparently, and brought in Owen. Right. He's like, hey, can you wear my pants with me? Mm -hmm. Now, I always confuse this, because... So, oh, God, here I we always, go. This is, this is how Quinn's brain works. Here, let's hear it. I always think Coco Beware had the pants <laughs> no! first, but you're, you always say Neidhart had the pants yeah, first. Yeah, Neidhart had them first. It's very confusing, it was, because it, it's like interchangeable. Like, it was like... Literally, Neidhart lost the tag titles, and then he's on challenge as an announcer, and he's already wearing the dumb attire. It's like immediate. The suspenders and everything. Yeah, the coat, like the big puffy coat. So he's like from the future or 90s or whatever yeah. it's supposed to be. Well, they were new. So this is the new foundation, right? Mm -hmm. So they team up because Neidhart needs help because he gets injured at the hands of Ric Flair and the Beverly Brothers. Anyway, the new foundation looked really stupid. But I like the. I mean, honestly, why didn't they just dress like the Heart Foundation? Well, like, why don't Brett they just be the, the new Heart Foundation, not the new foundation? Because then you have Brett already wearing that and kind of adopting the Heart Foundation attire and and look and Jessica. I, I, I just himself. think it would have been a cool association. It's all I'm saying. It would have been, but instead they looked really ridiculous. Yeah, the new foundation. Catchy handle. Brothers of the Hitman, But, make no mistake, they had a couple of good matches, one of which is uh, the opener to Rumble 92 against the Good Orient Express. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, a nice totally. little match. Nice little match, definitely. And, and Owen, as a wrestler, uh, we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, but he really 
was good during this period of time. He could do the technical and yeah. he could do the high flying. So the thing with Owen that I can't, you can't say this about a lot of people, but I've never really seen a really bad match with Owen Hart. Like even tag singles, like he's just kind of like he's always good. He just adds something to everything he's in, doesn't he? I don't he? think his problem was any in ring stuff. I always think it was just that Bret Hart existed. Honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. not even joking. Like, right, that was both like it was a double edged sword for him. But because because of Bret Hart's existence, he was really put on the map. Right in the nineties. But because of Bret Hart's existence, he couldn't only go so far. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess we'll get to that. So Owen and the New Foundation, they team up a little bit. And Neidhart gets fired or whatever. It's always drugs or getting it's fired always or both. Something. It yeah. always is. I'm serious yeah, with it's him. Real. Uh, in early 92. So Owen has that weird one minute long match with Skinner at WrestleMania 8. Remember oh, that one? yeah. <laughs> See, this is what I mean about Owen's early usage. Yeah. It's just very like... It's bizarre, what? right? Like, yeah. It's like he's at WrestleMania a couple times. A couple times, yeah. And that's it. Like, yeah. you're like... That's weird, and then you move on to like some other match, right? You know, so you don't see him on pay per view again until Survivor Series of '92. But in the meantime, uh, there were some extra pants laying around, so Owen had him fitted for Coco Beware. Okay, so this is how Coco Beware got the pants. Yes, but Coco really took on those pants because I remember him going to other companies with that those yeah, pants on. True. Like, yeah. He kept those pants for dear life. I mean, he's he like, didn't... give me Nine Hearts pants. I want them. <laughs> the real trouser taker, yeah. Coco Beware. Yeah. So they're High Energy, which is a very creative name. Mm -hmm. The new High Flyers, basically. (laughs) Essentially. And they have that one match against the Head Shrinkers uh, that opens up Survivor Series 92. Yeah, I have to say the one thing about a lot of this stuff we're saying in the early days, it's It's not not that memorable. No. You know what I mean? You have to think a little harder. Even though it's like I said, Owen's a good wrestler. It's like, I don't remember that Head Shrinker shit at all. It's the opening to Survivor Series 92. It's it's almost a squash. I mean, the Head Shrinkers. It's also Survivor Series, so, you know, (laughs) you know how those go. Yeah, I do. Uh, Owens in the 93 Rumble, rather unspectacular performance. <laughs> I think he gets injured at some point in 93. And then when he comes back, well, first of all, he helps Brett in the USWA feud with King. That was like only in USWA. Yeah. Again, <laughs> Owen Hart under the radar. Nobody right. knows this even happens. You know, where the hearts are heels yep. and King's the big mm-hmm. face in Memphis. And he also makes an appearance at SummerSlam 93 dressed really dumbly like cowboy Owen Hart. What? Remember with I, Bruce? I don't even remember that. At ringside at SummerSlam, and Doink dumps the water on Bruce. When does he get the pudding hair and, like, he's like, I hate you, brother, or whatever? Like, <laughs> when soon, does, soon. Is, that's, does that happen? We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> so, Owen now is wrestling in WWF in late 93 in, like, the blue Brett attire. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It's like the light blue attire. Yes, I that remember that. Looks like Brett's. They all team up, all the hearts, Keith, Bruce, Owen, and Brett at that horrible Survivor Series 93 match. And they all have shorts, even Brett, which is weird. Do you <laughs> yeah, ever notice that it's like they're dumb. singlet shorts? Yeah, it's so terrible. They're like the trunks Owen would wear later, but yeah. Brett's also wearing them. And that that's, to me, one of the more notable parts about that match. For some reason, I always noticed that. I'm like, what? Like, too much of Brett's legs yeah, in that too match much for Brett my liking. Leg. Yeah. And also, what's notable is there's some kind of um, anger or something. Yes. So Owen accidentally gets knocked off the apron and Shawn Michaels rolls him up for the elimination. Right. Owen's the only heart eliminated. But this actually is great because this kicks off an awesome storyline. One of their best things for 94. It's truthfully. true. Like literally, like this is like an anchor feud of 94. Yeah. And it's really well done. Owen's pissed, right? And he shoves Brett and the Hart brothers try to calm him down. And Owen goes on TV in the ensuing weeks, challenging Brett to a match because, man, I've been living in your shadow, Brett, you know, mm-hmm. former world champion, intercontinental tag. He's like, I'm going to challenge you to a fight one on one. I've been living in the shadow of you, Brett, all my life, and I'm sick and tired of it. So, Brett, there's only one way to solve this thing with me being the shadow of you, the hitman. 
That's right. Why don't you go out and step up to the plate? You and me, face to face, one on one. And then Brett responds, you know, under no circumstances would I ever positively, absolutely not ever fight my brother own. And then they make up over Christmas of 93. Right. And then and then what happens is that uh, Ray Rougeau, <laughs> he's interviewing Owen Hart or something. And then Razor Ramon, like, no, gives him a clothesline with the swishy earlier. pants. No? That's, that's earlier, but, but I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I forgot about that. Swishy pants. That did happen, yes. <laughs> Obviously, your, your father was an influence on you and Brad. <laughs> yeah. That, that happened <laughs> earlier, but still, Why thank you. Why do I think of all this stuff as the same? Like, I don't you, know, you but know, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, we needed to bring that up. <laughs> so, so they make up, right? And they're like, you know what? Well, we're going to challenge against the Quebecers for the tag titles right. at Royal Rumble. But Owen's very subtle during that. He's like, yeah, it didn't matter who's right or wrong. You know, I could right, right. right? And, and Owen's like, I'm going to lead the way, blah, blah, blah. They have an awesome match with the Quebecers at Rumble 94. Brett, however, gets his knee injured, tries to put on the sharpshooter. Timmy White calls off the match. And afterwards, Owen gets pissed at Brett. And kicks his leg out of his he leg. Kicks his leg out of his leg, and it's um, one of a, a very notable line that yeah. a lot of people talk about to this day. <laughs> to this day, you're too damn selfish, and that's why you're sitting there with a bad leg, and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. To me, this is like the beginning of like very disgruntled Owen. Oh, it's great. Like it's it, it's very akin to the interview he gives after the WrestleMania 10 match with Brett. Also, yes, like right. the, like the I'm good yeah. kind of shit. <laughs> the I'm good interview. And all sweaty. So Brett finally agrees to wrestle him, and of course, that's the famous opener to WrestleMania 10, and it is a phenomenal match. I mean, just really well wrestled. Owen does everything he can to be an annoying little shit, it's, so that way the crowd stays on Brett's side. To me, it's one of the best WrestleMania matches, period. Yes. It's not my favorite of all time, but it's definitely one of the top tier ones. It's up there with Savage Steamboat and, oh, and yeah. Rock Austin sure. 2 and all that shit. Yeah, and Savage Warrior for me is yeah, another Savage big Warrior, one. yeah. But it is just so well done, and of course, we all know the story. Owen wins. Yeah, Owen <laughs> wins. So that's so. This is the stunning part of this match, right? Bret Hart, former WF champion, you know, like the main man, right? King yep. of the Ring, all this bullshit tag team intercontinental, mm-hmm. and he loses to his like lowly brother from New Foundation. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, who had never really won anything big, right? And it's clean, like he just beats him. He just beats him, brother. I beat you with the spew coming <laughs> off the side, and, and Todd Pentengale in the tunnel at MSG yep. with the like Rangers shit in the background. <laughs> like they're all like proud. You know? It's absolutely real. But then, of course, just to piss Owen off further, Brett somehow wins the world title at the well, end of the night. Somehow. So let's, we know how. Well, let's be fair to Brett. Brett had tied or whatever that fucking shit was at the Royal Rumble where they brought right. him and Lex Luger both. Now, Lex Luger, because he like was a dumb fuck and he like feuded with Mr. Perfect the year before when he was a narcissist. <laughs> Like Mr. Perfect's like, fuck you, you lose. Like yeah. he just like he just like screwed him over, yep, right? Yep. And then Brett, because they both had title shots, like Brett's like, okay, well, I'm the next one, right? And it didn't matter win, lose, or draw with Owen Hart. Like yeah. the reason for the Owen match was to make it like fair. Yeah, that because, everyone like, had to wrestle twice. Technically, if Luger won, he would have had to fight Brett later, or you know, yeah. and same with Yoko, because uh-huh. Yoko so everyone in the end would have to have two matches, right? Correct. But Brett like lost his fucking match. <laughs> yep. Which was unexpected. However, Brett still, like, it didn't mean, like, he lost his title shot match. No, no, no. He goes on and wins his title shot match, and Owen's like, what the fuck? I just beat that guy. <laughs> yep. Like, I should be, like, why didn't I get the title shot at yep. the end? You know, like, that, that kind of thing. That image of all the faces celebrating with Brett, and then Owen comes out just staring at him 
yeah. in the entranceway. It's a great way to end that show. Him. You know, they hoisted me like school. You know, I didn't know they were going to do that. Apparently, Vince had them do that. It was just like when I <laughs> defended Owen at school that time. Like, remember? Fairly salty little bully. Yeah. This kid had two years on Brett and was a fairly salty little bully. Uh, so we move on to the spring of 94 now. Owen's just a big asshole, basically. Right. And he wins the King of the Ring with the help of the recently returned Jim Neidhart. And he has the stupid crown. <laughs> and, he, and he wears it all over the place. Yeah. And he's like, I'm the best. He looks like such a fuck. Yeah. And he knows it. And yeah. he's just, it's great because Owen wins the King of the Ring. Which his brother won the, the, the year, year before. Before. So now he's like, look, I'm just like Brett. I have the king of the ring. Yep. I beat him. Yep. Why am I not the champion? So they have a match at SummerSlam 94. Cage match. Uh, no blood or anything. It's actually a rather technical cage match for those two. Safe. So safe. You know, I think how we took care of each other. So safe. Obviously, Brett wins, and there's a great brawl afterwards with the whole family. British Bulldog with the hair and takes yeah. a shirt off, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diana takes a bump. It's great. So, Brett. Still having to deal with Owen this whole time, and now Neidhart, and now, so he has the bulldog help him out. And now Owen supports Bob Backlund, who had turned heel. <laughs> just to be a fucking asshole. Like, just only because he's, like, fighting Bret Hart. Right. So, I like Mr. Bob Backlund. <laughs> so they have this submission match at Survivor Series that uh, some people like, and I don't. It's tedious. <laughs> like, the only thing is the result is good, but the yeah. match is, like... One of the worst Bret Hart matches right. and Bob Backlund matches I've ever seen it's in my life. It's so long. It's yeah. very old school. I mean, like, really, you have to be in a certain frame of mind to you like mean, that kind of match. Old school. What's sitting around? It's like they, they don't do anything. That's like the they, whole match. There's like <laughs> ten minutes of chicken wing. Ten minutes. It's so long. <laughs> but the best part of the whole affair is Owen Hart is obviously a Backlund's corner man. Bulldog is Brett's corner man, and the you have to throw in the towel. Right. So Bulldog gets knocked out, and Bob Backlund has the chicken wing on Brett for 10 minutes. And this is where Owen puts on the performance of a lifetime, yeah. like crying, pleading with his parents, who of course Helen. are there. Specifically. Yeah, specifically. He, knows he can get Helen. Yeah. Stu's like, I'm not fucking doing that. Like, <laughs> yeah, tell you, I'm and she's like, I don't like wrestling. <laughs> I hate it. It's awful. I just want to go back to New York. <laughs> I can't like it. I didn't then, and it's worse now than ever. So uh, Owen convinces Helen to snatch a towel away from Stu. She throws it in. New World Champion Bob Backlund. Owen, of course, was faking the whole time. Big celebration. Anyway, just to speed this up a little bit, throughout the beginning of 95, Neidhart got fired again, by the way, in early 95. Because of course he did. <laughs> Drugs, fired, whatever it is. It's always, always like they just send him away for a little bit, and then he comes, every time he always comes back. Every, like, like February. Even like, the 2000s, he was coming back. <laughs> so... So, Owen's still just like a big dick to Brett. Anytime it's ever mentioned, he's like, my brother sucks, like, yeah, all it, the time. They, they keep it alive for, like, years. <laughs> yeah, it's like, real. If we're fast-forwarding here up right. to the... And meanwhile, Owen's, like, tagging with British Bulldog and Yokozuna right. and, like, all this stuff. He wins the tag titles. Yeah. He wins the tag titles with Yoko, the big surprise at 11. I love that moment. That's always funny, because the revenge, because Yoko also hates Brett from right. the previous WrestleMania. That's a great moment. We've talked about that one before. The big pop when Owen pins Bill Gun. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. like all happy for like, Owen. Good, he won a belt. He Finally. Always, yeah. Now he comes to one, two. Oh. Oh, man. Champion! And he's of course a big dick about it the whole run. And then yeah, in '96, he's kind of just doing his own camp cornet well, thing, which he also sucks. wins slammies. It's important. Don't forget, yeah, March '96, he wins times. his first slammy. Yep, two-time slammy award winner. Yeah. So he's in camp cornet, and they team up towards the fall of '96. Bulldog and Owen do. And Clarence Mason takes over the contract because Cornette got like right. beat up by Jose Lothario. Yeah. And now Owen and Bulldog win the tag titles from the Smoking Guns, who are also heel, 
big pop for that because right. it's just cool. Now, I want to note something here that happens in late 96, I think it is. For some reason, like Owen and Bulldog, I remember them having problems with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Something with a toilet and swirlies, but like their heels and Brett also has a problem with Stone Cold, but he's a face. This was great writing, actually, because Austin had been, as we know, a pain in Brett's ass. Right. (laughs) Like, Like obsessed with him, right? Right. But meanwhile, Austin's a dick anyway, right? So right. he doesn't like other heels. So he like gets all on the case of Owen and Bulldog, so they don't like him either. Yeah, so like <laughs> that's like built in. Right. Just remember that for later. But Brett's not necessarily endorsing Bulldog and Owen. Yeah. It's just like they don't like Austin either. They have like, an incident in the bathroom. Yeah. It's a whole thing. <laughs> They're like, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Owen and Bulldog tag champions, but from like day zero, they have they they have problems with each other. JR is always like, oh no, problems yeah. there. And Bulldog starts to slowly turn face. Meanwhile, we have the European Championship Tournament coming up that in early 96. so bad. <laughs> and in the finals, in a really good match, and I believe it's uh, Germany. Berlin, maybe? It's, it's also, like, notably one of the worst episodes of Raw or yes, something. Like, but a great match. Yeah. Owen and Bulldog. And Bulldog wins, and he's big face in Germany. So they are. there's still this tension there as they're going into the WrestleMania 13 match against Mankind and Vader, who are also heels. Right. This is all Russo-esque yeah. stuff going on here, which is Owen cool. Owen and Bulldog have problems with, like, everyone, basically. Yeah. Like, not even the faces, but also the heels. Everyone and each other. Right. But they'll still work together to, like, to well, because, fight you off know, the heels. They're getting attacked by everyone, so right. they, they gotta, like, so, they have to stick together just for that. Right. So, after WrestleMania, Bret Hart has gone off the deep end, as we all know. Right. right? He's turned heel. And Bulldog and Owen finally just have a battle, and they're just, they have a match, I think, and they're beating the shit out of each other until Bret Hart comes down. Right. This was very shocking to me. After, like, the whole, like, all this years of build, like, Owen hates Bret shit. Right. He comes out, he has to pin down Bulldog with a chair to, like, stop him. Well, he's very strong. (laughs) It's true. The strongest man. And... We all know the promo that Bret gives where he goes off on Americans for not having family values, and of course, on... I love you and yeah. all that. Also, Brett blames America for breaking yep. up the family or yep. something. Now, this like, is look what they've done to us. <laughs> Three and a half years yeah. since they've been feuding. <laughs> this is one of the greatest like buildups I've ever seen for like, and and Owen's just like a side character. That's like the greatest part about all. And of he it. does it perfectly. The crying, and yeah. then this leads to as we've talked about I, before. I know this is one of your favorite things. <laughs> the new foundation, yeah, the new heart foundation. Excuse me, where Owen just does the ultra one eighty. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> missing. Like Bret Hart's the best. He like imitates how he dresses. Like watch his knee. When Bret's knee gets hurt, he's like all overprotective. Yeah, it's so good. He's ridiculous. But this also leads to some success for Owen Hart because he wins the Intercontinental title off that crappy Rocky Maivia, like like the junky like champion for like die Rocky die phase. Owen just like I remember. I remember this too because Bret proudly in a wheelchair like watches owen just get it the fuck done like just pin him clean clean like and and they just kind of like congratulate him and like look at my brother like you know what i mean owen's the best like it's great such a cool moment the heart foundation storyline obviously dominates the summer of 97 feuding with austin and the americans and all that and at calgary stampede the big 10-man tag for the hearts versus austin and his team of heels probably the peak of Canada. the Hart foundation it right is here. yeah yeah and who gets the final pin but owen on steve austin how ironic after that whole survivor series shit right right so that is what leads to the big owen hart steve austin match for the ic title at SummerSlam 97 sadly owen 
injures Austin for real with the pile driver. Right. Total accident. Everyone's yeah. acknowledged it. Austin acknowledged it. It was just like Austin actually I've heard him blame himself and say like, oh, I just didn't get up enough or something. Yeah. Like, I, like Owen didn't know. Like, well, Owen, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But I don't think Owen ever got over that. Yeah. I really don't. I think he felt horrible. But everyone was okay. Everyone was okay. I mean, Austin wound up, you know, getting through it and yeah. then becoming the biggest star in the company. So I right. guess, you know, there's that. But Owen then loses the IC title back to Austin at Survivor Series 97. And then the screw job happens that same night. And mm-hmm. Owen's missing for right. about a month. And then at DX in your house, that hideous pay-per-view where Shawn Michaels fought Ken Shamrock. At the end... A hot match. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Owen Hart appears from the crowd, beats the shit out of Shawn Michaels... And seemingly we're going to have a feud, but really DX just treats Owen like a nugget and what no is, one cares yeah. about Owen and it's just bad. The black heart. I yeah. thought this was going to be so good. <laughs> and now, it wasn't. I want to say as we kind of fast forward to the end of, yeah, unfortunately, we're the now. end of Owen Hart, but yeah. um, here's the thing that nobody ever acknowledges. He has a resurgence where he tag teams with Jeff Jarrett of all people and like yeah. they actually have like a really good team. I like them together. Yeah, they were a solid tag team for a long time. I think Owen... You know, in the meantime, he gets him on tag titles. He might be the Intercontinental Champion again. He's the blue blazer on and off again. Right. Which happens right. in 98, so this 99. So this leads to, yeah. you know, the but incident. The, but The Owen and Jarrett team is a bright spot in this rather weird run where he joined the nation. And it's, yeah. it's not once he's Once the nation great. shit's gone, yeah. and once he, he joins with Jeff Jarrett, that's, that's the way. That's much. They, I thought Owen was, like, on the track to, like, okay, well, this is kind of like a, a reboot. And right. then he's going to go. On his own after right. this. Like, that's like what I always thought. Right. And apparently he was supposed to win the IC title from the Godfather at Over the Edge 99. Obviously didn't. We know what happened there. But yeah, his 98-99, it's just sad looking back because he came back after Survivor Series 97 with a lot of potential. I don't know if Sean and Hunter didn't want to work with him or, or what, but he wasn't treated right yeah, well, in, that, on screen. The, I mean. the first part, you're right, but I feel like he recovered strongly. Like, At the end of 98. I, I know you don't like the nation part as much, but actually, I think that did a lot for him. And I think also, Jeff, I just, to me, I saw a fast-paced rebuilding of Owen Hart after the whole DX thing. Like, that's how I looked at it. I was like, holy shit, like, he's in the nation, he's a threat now, he's not getting beat up all the time. Right. And then he tags him with Jeff Jarrett, and they're, like, killing it. Like, they're destroying everybody. Fun. Like, all of a sudden, Owen Hart's being booked really strong. Yeah. And he was young, obviously, yeah. 33 years yeah. old. Now, let's just talk about Owen, because... Man, was he good or what as a wrestler, no, in-ring it, wrestler? Like I said, it's really hard to find bad Owen Hart shit. Really? Like it, that, I think that's what the tragedy of it all is, is that it got cut off, you know, like yeah. because of that accident. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what else to say other than, like, he's, like, to me, he's an all-timer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. If, yeah. Like, if they Martha were just, like, let happen. him be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, it's not even WF. Like, they, they've, like, long-standing, no, like I said, Martha. he's, like, an automatic, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you look at Owen Hart, even if it's the 80s or anything through the 90s, he just has a certain presence in the ring where he could be really funny in the, you know, yeah. physically. Or he could be a good wrestler. He could be a damn good wrestler. It, earlier in his career, before injuries started to take him out, he was a really good high flyer as well. He could be serious in the case of, like, when the Blackheart gimmick, when he first came, like, when he first yeah. came against DX before yeah. he got kind of all Stupid. messed up. But, like, yeah. my point is, is, like, he could have been that, too. Right. He could be really serious. He could do a technical wrestling match like we saw with Brett. He could do comedy wrestling. And his promos, he is actually, dare I say, maybe an underrated promo because way better than Brett, I think. Sometimes, now, like ninety-seven, honestly, Brett is almost untouchable. I just mean that that Owen that from um, 
Owen like kind of had it from the offset where Brett had to like earn it. Owen was like a natural. He was more natural. I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah, and he could be. He had some hilarious promo work, you know, yeah. in the nineties. And as a color commentator, remember right. King of the Ring ninety six? He's I, just the announcer. Yeah, I just mean, like <laughs> Owen Hart. It's weird. It's like Brett to me always came off like as a guy that earned it as he came along, but Owen always came off as the, the natural. I like, think you know so. What I mean, I mean, really, yeah. Like, how they say that about Dustin Rhodes, like he was just a natural at it. But yeah, like, you know what I mean. Reed also, yeah. I'm just joking. No, but for real, they did. They, the reason Dustin Rhodes was called the Naturals because they were like, "Whoa, he can just like, yeah, it, it's, it's what a coincidence, right? He's Dusty's son, but he's also like actually good. Yeah, you know, what I mean? same with Bro- Owen. Owen was just actually good. It was almost like effortless how good he was, right? Exactly, at, at doing all of those things. And obviously, the stories that people have told about him, we can't replicate them. But man, people loved Owen Hart. Right, as, as in person, as a real that was the thing too. It human was like being. a lot of people when they die in wrestling, um, you get a lot of kind of revisionist history. Oh, he was always good, but the thing is, is like on analysis of Owen Hart's actual career, he was actually good, and I yeah. think that's why it stung so much more the night after, and like you know, people like Mark Henry and stuff is because he was like. It wasn't bullshit that he was like good and he was a nice person. Like right. it was actually real. It wasn't like some kind of like revisionist being nice because he died thing. Like it was right. like no, he was he a good person. Was. Like and he was good at what he did. Everyone has said that and got right. on the record. And Bobby Heenan told a great story in one of his shoot interviews about how his last night, you know, the night where Gorilla threw him out, he was across the street from the arena getting a sandwich, and Owen Hart happened to walk in, and he was like. You're leaving? And Bobby's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, man, we're really going to miss you. You're really good. And shook his hand. And Bobby's yeah. like, he's one of the few people that night that went up to him to do that. Yeah. Like, just a I mean, family just man like, that... It's just... That's that's the tragedy right there. Yeah. I mean, and by everything I've heard, like, was faithful to his wife, whatever you think of her, you know, was faithful to his wife, loved his kids, didn't fuck around on the road. Yeah. Just an upstanding guy that was just a nice guy. Like, out of all the hearts, you look at him, and it's like, that's a normal person. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no offense, but I mean... We, so. we know. <laughs> Listen to Wrestling Shadows review. <laughs> yeah. But Owen seems just like a normal, caring, good-hearted person. And one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. And when I was a kid, I hated him. Oh, and yeah. That, and I that's mean, a testament. Yeah. I mean, I, I just found him really fucking annoying. Yeah. Although sometimes he, he, he sort of like him and Shawn Michaels were kind of in league yeah. because they both hated Bret Hart. Yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah. He is just one of the one of the all time best. And the reason I think that he never truly was a full fledged main eventer is just because Brett existed, a product of the time. And also because once Brett was gone, we never got the chance to see, because Owen really only had about a year that he was in the WF without Brett Hart. Yeah, give or take. I mean, like, who knows? Like, I, I know we all argue, like, oh, maybe DX held him back, or this or that didn't work out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But to be honest with you, the rumors still persist also is that he was supposed to get the game gimmick. So maybe it was just always in the cards is my point that they were going to push him. Well, the like, gimmick, not necessarily the push, though. The the name. Right. But I'm saying something was always in the cards. Yeah, there was going to be something. There was something always in the cards for Owen Hart. So to me, it's more of an incomplete. We only got to experience, like yeah. I said, one year and maybe a year and a half, year and a half. maybe without Bret Hart. Like, right. that's not a long time. Like, you know no, what I mean? Like, it's not quite. And he was only 33, which means there was, like, so many more years, <sighs> which means that, like, he probably would have gone into the 2000s with this kind of record of being, like, a solid fucking performer. And he most likely, like, they gave the WF title to, like, fucking everyone. You know what I mean? In the early yeah. 2000s, yeah. that was around during the Attitude Era. Kurt like, Angle. Owen Hart just seems like they definitely would have given him the title. Like, I, I just, that's why I just think it's so ridiculous yeah. when people are like, oh, they didn't push him. I was like, that's only fucking year and a half. Like, yeah. What are you going to, 
And yeah, and, and you know, some people would say, well, maybe he should have won the title at some other point, but I think they went the right route with Backlund. That's the only time I can see where maybe Owen could have won it would be when Backlund did. Yeah. But then, what, a three-day reign? They're going to give it to Diesel regardless, so wouldn't right. want to waste a, a quick reign on Owen? I, I'm I'm literally, like, fairly certain he would have been the champion. If, By, like, if, 2000? Yes. Yes, without question. By 2000. I mean, I can he, see that. Yeah, no doubt about Put it. Put him in the mix with, with Triple H and with The Rock and with... Cactus Jack and all those guys. The the Blue Blazer was literally supposed to be the turnaround to like now he's a singles that's kind of a heel or something. And I'm sure that would have been dropped shortly after. Right. Exactly. Like it's so clear to me that it was like in the carts at some point. Yeah. I'm sure someone wanted. He was earmarked for the title. He's still relatively young, could still go in the ring. Right. Um, And he would have had the heart like name and that would have been, you know, Vince would have wanted to use that with Brett over in WCW. It's like, oh, I'm going to put the title on Owen because fuck Brett Hart. Like, you know what I mean? Right. right. Even if it is for spite. But the point is, is he probably would have been the champion. He probably would have been, Quinn. So that's Owen Hart in a nutshell. I mean, guys, you can let us know your thoughts on Owen. I truly think that he is maybe the best wrestler of that period of time to never win the world title. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like all around wrestler and talking in ring, charisma, promo, all that. Just a joy to watch. One of the one of the best. And uh I was happy to salute him here as we close out the season. So, folks, let us know what you think about Owen Hart and any stories, any insight you might have. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us or join the group over there. But, Quinn, when we come back, we are doing the final flush of the season. That's stinky. That's (laughs) That's it. We are flushing down the last two worst themes of all time. And that's going to be coming up right after this. be thankful my man owen spent a whole year of his life promoting this crummy show i did it again yes and i have nobody to thank once again i did it all by my sweet little self two-time slammy award winner i knew it i'm a winner i did it Woo! hey bulldog you may have two titles but you don't have two slammies yeah and speaking of that vader and mankind this Sunday at WrestleMania, you're going to be in for the fight of your life because the Bulldog and myself, we haven't been better ever. And we're going to beat you and mankind. And you know what, Vader? You don't have two slammies like I do because you're losers and we're winners. Me and my slammies! <laughs> From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vanish Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. It's episode number 160, January the 6th, 2020. Michael, flapping away over there, are you? Wow, flapping it up. <laughs> Very <I'm> flappy. Flappy. <laughs> I'm getting ready for these uh, rankings here. Yeah. The flushies. This will be, yeah, the flushies. Uh, before we get to the flushies, though, folks, I want to remind you that if you like OVP, let's say you like what we do here, you like listening to us every Monday, you can support the show. You can do that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, we don't have a lot of high price tiers, Quinn. No, it's, uh, it's not going to break the bank. No, it shouldn't. Say. It shouldn't. It'll uh, be bank breaking. No bank breaking here, folks. It's $2, $3, and $5, and we'll run them down real quick for you. Again, this is patreon.com slash OVP podcast for 
you get a couple of things, actually. Every single Monday, we release a raw video feed of us recording the Monday show. Very raw, very <laughs> dumpy. <laughs> very dumpy. So you basically get to see, before we start the show, in the breaks, afterwards, anything that might hit the cutting room floor. Our shirts. Our shirts. Uh, but not only that, you have a back archive that you're going to unlock, where it's basically OVP commentaries. There's 34 or 35 of them, something like that. there's 35, and there's 12 of those other Rushmores. Yes, so extra Rushmore and Death Valley, those are the funny ones, the wacky ones. And, uh, doink. Yeah, doink. And the commentaries is basically us doing a commentary over a specific match from the WWE Network. And that's only $2 a month. Not a day, not a week, a month. Amazing. Pretty good, actually. Now, if you add $1 to that, so now we're talking $3 a month, you get everything we just mentioned, but you also will get every other Friday, Quinn and I are live watching and live reviewing WWF Championship Wrestling from 1983. We're in March right now of 83. It's really moving along. Um, And it's been an enjoyable ride. uh, The the year of Don Morocco, I feel like. So far, uh, we've done all of 1982. And you can actually check. We release uh, free ones on YouTube every other Friday as well. So you go to our our YouTube YouTube channel. channel, If you search our Vantage Point Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on YouTube, Subscribe to that YouTube channel because, uh, you know, every two weeks you get a you get a new rewind. You get a new there. rewind, yep. And we also release these in audio form, the new ones and the old ones. So you can, if you're maybe not into the video or don't have time to sit and watch a, a one-hour video, you can listen to it in audio form. And again, that's only $3 a month. And then $5 is how we max it out. That's it. $5 gets that's you... It everything on our Patreon, which includes all the things we just mentioned, but once a month, we're also releasing in order every single WWF pay-per-view we're reviewing. Yep, we're, we've reviewed up to, what, Survivor Series? That came out last month. 88. Yep, 88. Um, this, we're heading into 89. Yep, and this month will be the Royal Rumble 89 for January, so that works out nicely. This is a full review, meaning two and a half, three hours. Quinn and I break it all down for you in that classic OVP style that you guys like. The Star Wars. The star ratings. Our star ratings. Yes. A much different scale than uh, Mr. Meltzer over there and his matches and all this. (laughs) Match. So that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. And we get it if you don't. We get it if you just like listening to the free stuff. But if you've been thinking about it, if you want to support OVP, I encourage you to go check it out and see if there's a tier that suits your fancy. Now, Michael, talking about the flushies. Uh, The flushies. It's a prestigious (laughs) award. Right. Now, what do we do with Royal Rangs and Royal Flush? Well, before every season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 and bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was entrance music. And basically, what happens is we take all of those votes, we put them in two separate tanks. One for the best, which is the rankings, and one for the worst, which is the flush. And every other week, we pull them out, we alternate, and we rank the two until at the end of the season, we have the OVP certified, organic, notarized, baptized, ordained, scientifically proven, non-GMO healthy uh best and worst themes of very, all time very clean very clean mm-hmm. we've done the best that's done that happened last week the best is finalized we have eight names on the worst list i'm gonna run them down for you at number one right now the worst entrance music of all time is the right to censor yeah it's a piece of crap it's really it's bad very deserving <laughs> yes number two is x factors uncle cracker theme um <laughs> very like what i got I, everything i ever yeah, wanted I, it's, it's one of the most baffling themes <laughs> to ever exist really number three diesel's horns it's noises what do you expect what do you want uh number four your favorite quinn demolition's heel theme much higher or down list i guess higher is better on this yeah, list right. but um yeah demolition heel really what a piece poor. of shit <laughs> Number five, American Males. American Males. American Males. I, I like that song. I don't what? care what anyone says. Number six, ugh. Number six, Isaac Yankum. Noises, once again. Pleasant, 
pleasant though. Remember <laughs> the, the like the little there is elevator music like underneath. Elevator yeah. music underneath, <laughs> very calming. Number seven, Ass Man. He's an ass man. Not bad, actually. Like, I, I know you like that one. The lyrics are a little off-putting. You but are the ass man. You are the ass man. And number eight, I still this, love that this, this made This is so it. dumb that this is on here. Sexy boy. It's not even bad. <laughs> it's kind of bad. Uh, what? Now, <laughs> I also want to remind you guys, if you go over to the Facebook group, you can vote on next season's Royal Rankings and Royal Flush. You don't want to miss out on that. Make your vote count. Go to our Facebook group, and you too can vote. We're doing managers for next season, so check that out. But, Quinn, I think the uh, time for talking is through. Time for turkey. Yeah. All ham. It's yes, Christmas it's season. Ham. Yeah, Christmas season. Leftover ham. Yeah, leftover <laughs> ham. I still got some in the fridge, actually. I bet you do. Let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Flush is more intense on the last one. The toilets are overflowing. I mean, the shit's got to go down now or it's never going down. <laughs> That's it. We yeah. are calling in the plumber here. Yeah. We are going to finally flush all of ah. Hey, already. Finally flush all of us. Hey. Hey. All right. So we've run them down. There are eight names on there. There are two more that are left in the tank. We are mm-hmm. extrapolating them. We are, we are excavating them. Hell. We are extracting them. It is now time to find out which theme Drew Number nine. Number nine. Oh, hi. The big show, huh? Weird. Is this that bad? Well, I mean, anytime I think of it, it well, it's the big slow. Like, remember when, they, <laughs> remember when they made it like slower when he turned heel or like, oh, yeah, like a little, like <laughs> just it's like literally like point five percent. Like it's not even like all the way slow. You ever hear the rumor that this is Michael Hayes? Oh, so is it? Yeah, I've never heard that rumor in my life. I don't think it is. I don't know. This theme reminds me. I don't know. Okay, this is gonna be the dumbest thing oh, of a theme to remind you. I of. can't wait. But the, it always reminds me of when Stephen Regal peed on his leg or whatever. I don't know why. why. Like, it's that's like, weird. That's, that's the two, like, the visual association I have with this theme. Is this really that bad? Um, I mean, before he had, like, no music in WCW because he was, you know, basically Andre the Giant Jr. or whatever. Well, he's a son. That's what I mean. He literally was his Andre the son. Giant Jr. Yeah. He shit my son. Well, didn't he have the Dungeon of Doom music? He did, but after that, generally, he either came out with the NWO, so that were theme, or the other thing is, if he came out like by himself, he always had no music. It was just like giant with the green glowing letters, right? Because which he's like bad. evil or whatever. You know what the problem is with this music? What everything because the, the, <laughs> his name is in it, and yeah. his name is really stupid. And I've always said that that's a really dumb name. Now you have to remember the though. big show. So here's my, here's the problem. It's a stupid fucking name. No, but. Here's what I'm 
I got to explain something to you. Go when ahead. he first came in, yeah. they didn't call him just the Big Show. That's he was, Paul White. Yeah, he was <laughs> the Big Show. Paul White. Like, well, oh, that's like his like catchphrase name or something. He was the Big Nasty first. Right. <laughs> Vince, <laughs> the Big Nasty. Yeah. And they're like, no, we can't call him that. Right. The Big Nasty. And then somewhere along the line, they were like, you know that Paul White part? Don't even. Just it's forget, too friendly forget sounding. that we ever said that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, he's a big show. That's all he is. It's a dumb name. Now, that is dumb. Yes. But yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the dumb part. But the problem is, is that literally they just took a piece of his full name. So it's not like they intentionally named him. This is stupidly. no. But no matter what, Quinn, it's really bad because there are so many problems with how they handled like his first year there. To yeah. begin with. But he overall, like... And the music is part of it. He he did become the champion, let's be fair. Shut up. Like, it doesn't he matter. Won the belt. It's, no one cared. He was the champ. Quinn. And he still had hair. And that was <laughs> exciting. I'm just saying. Now, he still has variations of this theme to this yeah. day. Now, it's just been remixed a little bit and re-recorded. Right. And on, on your point about the bad booking, the one thing I do associate with this music is the fact that they made him, like, a big baby or something. Like, I don't understand. Okay. I don't understand why a guy just as tall as Andre the Giant, just as big, just as like... And more athletic than Andre was for right. most of his visible why career. It, it, to me, he should never, ever lose. Ever. Well, like, for under any circumstances. Like, it, Yeah, I know, but like, Vince Russo was just... You know, I like Russo sometimes, but his 99 is not a crowning achievement, despite right. the ratings. Bro. And he just hot-shotted... I think Austin and Big Show fought before WrestleMania on Raw. Other than when... He, shit like that. Other than when he first came in. Yeah. He should never have been anywhere near the WF title right. because he should have never lost. That's what I mean. It's like he should have always just been just destroying hey, people. Hey, that's fair. And like it always was like kind of an undercurrent like, oh, well, and you know, he- if, if he did want the title, he could get it. But he doesn't, you know, he's always dealing with some bullshit, right? But here's the thing is that they could have always had, which was so interesting, is they could have, if they had done that correctly, mm-hmm. they could have always had in their back pocket when they were building like whatever their next big face was. They could have had, well, you know, they have to get past the big show to really prove that they're good. And then they could have, like, finally had him lost. I guess. Like, when, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't disagree with what you're saying yeah. about the way he should have been booked. I think, let's listen to the song again here. Yeah. He was a heel for the most part, right? In 99, 2000 when he got this music. Yeah. But I, I, once Linda came in and, <laughs> you know, whatever that, like, four-way, whatever that four-way thing is at WrestleMania 2000, that's when he was, like, kind of facey. This is blues rock, much in the same vein as Diesel's I was just say, theme. It's very Diesel, 95. very simple chord progression. I mean, maybe that's also what they were thinking because they were like, "Well, the last big guy, he he, he was like Roseanne or whatever." <laughs> so maybe we'll kind of go with that, right? But the thing is, right? It's not like lyrics. I feel like a guy like Paul White, the big, shouldn't have a. It's the big show. It's just it's so <laughs> I, I bombastic feel, or I something. Feel, I, I feel like he should be at the truck stops. With That's this what movie. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's Diesel's theme. Yeah, it's just Diesel too. It electric is. Pikachu. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. And I think one of the problems is it's just like it's friendly sounding. It's <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing: is they did when he overall in his career. Yeah. To me, what he was more close. I know the joke is he always changed from heel to face or whatever. Like Twenty-seven but to, times. Uh, but to be honest with you, even when he was heel, I kind of just interpreted him as a face. I don't. Maybe it was because of this music. He just seemed friendly to me. It was like even, even when he was like mad at people, I was just like, well, you know, when he sees the kids afterwards, he's just a nice <laughs> fucking guy. Like, uh, how you doing? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> 
He doesn't even talk like that. He's just like normal. Hi. He's like, hi, I'm Big Show. Hi, like, I'm Paul. Yeah. Like he doesn't. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is unlike Andre, he doesn't even have the dumb voice. Well, he's he just doesn't like, cook chicken the way yeah, Andre he's does. Just very normal. Like, and I just, I don't know. Like this music, you're right. It's like more inviting than it is yeah, like evil. It just doesn't fit him. Right. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not even bad. It's not bad. Right. It's not bad. It just doesn't work for this guy for some reason. I know that Jim Johnson's like, well, I'm trying to make it plotting and slow like is him. Is the but- big show, is that kind of like some big tent circus reference or something? Like, oh, this is the big show, you know, like, that was the big top. I don't, I don't know. Like, what are they going for That was that? the name of uh, Todd Pettengill and Scott Shannon's radio show. Don't, that's unfortunate. The big show. I'm yeah, serious. Maybe that's literally where they <laughs> Remember that guy Todd from like a year ago? Let's do that. Waking up with Scott and Todd. It's the big show, don't you know? Stop! Got a tree on my house. So that, I don't know. I never thought of it as a bad theme, to be honest with you. But I never thought of it as a good theme. Right. It was kind of like tap water. I don't care about it. I'm not going to drink it, but if I need to use it, it's there. It existed. It existed. And that's kind of all I've ever thought about it. It, it never, like, offended you, though, to the point where you were like, no. oh, fuck this theme, you know? No, like, the way they, the name offended me more than the theme did. His right. name, still to this day, I think is a terrible name. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Are we ready for number 10 to yeah, finally the, find the, out? The final piece of crap music. Well, you guys voted this. Let's find out who drew number 10. <laughs> I'm the Booger Man. What oh, even is this? This is Bastion Booger's theme, of course. Okay, this is the question I had for you prior to this show. I didn't even know he had music. Like, because he... Like, <laughs> he doesn't have music. <laughs> how do you hear this under, like, people talking? Under Finn screaming about how good 1993 is? Look, he's fat! <laughs> like, you know, I, I, like, literally, like, literally, the most I heard when Bastion Booger came out was just like, oh, look at that disgusting slob. Like, you know, like, you know how they would be. Like, this is terrible! <laughs> yeah, this, this... It's like, what is it, like, Jaws or something? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And then, like, he's, like, like farting snoring. Noises I don't think that's a, It's like snoring. It's not even farting. They couldn't even go all the way with farting and yeah, flatulence and things. Why do they just have farts instead of... Like, what, does, is he sleeping? Does like, it get any better? <laughs> I... No, probably not. We Can probably I speed hit, it up? We probably hit the loop. Yeah, speed it up to the max speed up. Just to see how dumb it okay, sounds. Okay, hang on. What's the max you can speed it up? Two there? times. It still sucks. Yeah. Just a little more high-pitched. It's a little tempo. friendlier. Yeah. <laughs> this, this sucks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This deserves to be on this list. That's for sure. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> it's so bad that I didn't even notice it. Like, well, that, that's, that should tell you something, right? Well, there. first of all, the guy never really wrestled on pay-per-view, right? He no. wrestled at Survivor Series well, that 93. Doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to me, because if you think about it, like... That people are actually seeing him more if he's on the regular show. And yeah, I guess he had, you know, he lost a lot too, which yeah. is the other funny thing. He was almost a jobber. Now, Bastion Booger, obviously, nicest guy, right? Mike Shaw. Uh, he was uh, Friar Ferguson prior to that. That's what in I, WWF. I, I recently saw that and I was like, I forgot it happened. And I'm, I also was like, why did this happen? Like, Norman the it, Lunatic. Yeah. Trucker Norm. Mm-hmm. Nice guy, from what I understand, but. I guess the gimmick. I, what? Okay. Why the strappies on his stomach, or what is that? It's to make him look fatter, to like press his fat down and give him the hunchback type of look. Can Stupid. I? Can, I why didn't he just wear a big like fucking like 
I don't know, like football jersey. That's like what I'm trying to think of. Like, it's not like some oversized thing that somebody that's a little overweight might do to, you know, right, hide, to hide, hide the tits. And then he takes the shirt off and everyone's right. like, ew. Like, kind of like, you know, they used to do that with Albert and I like that when he had the Harry. Oh, I and remember so he would the Harry. take his shirt off after he came out and you'd be, and everyone would be like, back hair, back hair. You're like, <laughs> make fun of his back hair. Best in booger, I guess. Take a look at this monster, would you? My goodness, he, no teeth. Take a look at the size of this guy. What a grotesque individual. Can I ask you, though, outside of Vince McMahon's twisted, warped sense of humor, what was the point of this gimmick? Okay. I want to hear this you is, explain this. This is what I think was going through Vince's head, right? Okay, let's hear it. Now, Vince... During this time period, right, he was Mr. like WBF and Mr. like in shape Ica Pro and all this bullshit. Ica Pro for sure, yeah. To him, the scariest thing that could happen to you was to be fat. You think so, huh? Yes. And so to him, this was probably like horrifying. And what a fucking asshole. He doesn't take care of his body and he's a wrestler. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, so like, you think that this like, is... Why doesn't he listen to Cameo and get, him, get his ass in shape? <laughs> I think Vince McMahon has some deep-rooted psychological issues with, when with, it comes to body appearance and with, things like especially that. Especially with fat people. Yeah. He hates oh, fat oh, people. I mean, Lou Albano, you know, unless, look at that slob! Unless you, you have a purpose here, fat. Like Yokozuna. Like, he's a sumo wrestler, right? So then that's... It's dignifying his fatness. Well, because he's not fat. He's powerful. Right, exactly. So powerful. Is that what you're saying? That he's fat? Powerful. He is so powerful. He can lift a hundred pounds right up over his head. But if if you're not doing anything with the fat, if you're just eating and you got greasy chicken all over your hairy chest, then <laughs> you're fucking disgusting and we deserve to make fun of you. And that's kind of what this gimmick was. I mean, right. this poor guy, I'm sure he didn't mind. He was getting a paycheck. Right? Well, all he had to do was be a fat asshole Barely and make a bunch of money. Like, he said, uh, there's this one Raw where he does commentary and all he does is eat the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's real. Which early is Vince's I think. nightmare. Yeah. So, the theme, yeah, it's terrible, but don't you think it's supposed to be? Yeah, well, they're clearly doing, that's like a demolition heel job right there. That's oh, yeah. like a, that's a 100% intentional, like, you're not even supposed to know there's a theme. Like, you're just like, right. it's kind of like atmospheric, and you're just like, like, I hate this guy. And it's like, maybe the theme is playing into why you hate him. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, because it's so it's, clunky and it's, clunky. Like, it's like, it's just subtle. It's just kind of there in the yeah, background. It's poor. Yeah. It's really, really bad. And uh, nice guy, though, from what I understand. Nice Mike guy, Shaw. but terrible theme. Yeah, it didn't last long because the character didn't last long. We're talking six, eight months, you know, also, that you really the, saw him. I think the lack of farts is really hurting that theme song. I think people would actually remember it better if there was, like, farting. Because he was more, like, disgusting, not, like, a snore. Like, he wasn't, like... Did he sleep? Maybe he had sleep apnea. Yeah. You know, I, and this is a spread I awareness. Did, I don't... Did they have him sleep in the middle of his matches? No, that that, that's not Did he ever, gimmick, like, fall asleep because he was so lazy, no. like, in the middle of the ring? Was he Orange Cassidy? I'm, why did they never... If they were going to have a lazy character, it would actually be really funny. If he's doing, like, a headlock to you, and he fall, he's the one that falls asleep when he has you as a sleeper. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that... Because he's just so fucking lazy. That's actually really funny. Yeah. That that could work somewhere. You know, yeah. some show that draws 50 people somewhere out I, there in Arkansas. I'll, I'll book it. You should, actually. Yeah. You could be a promoter. All right. That's all. I don't know. What, what, what do you, do you, what do you say, what do you about, say about that theme? It's not notable. It's a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. Um, uh, it's more interesting where it ranks, I think, right. than, than, you know, what it is. Because there's nothing else nothing to say. Nothing to it's it. Like, it's just noises donk, with donk, snoring. Donk, 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 <laughs> snore. Donk, 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 snore. Like, yeah. That's like the entire theme. It's about it. 
All right, so why don't we do the rankings now, and uh, we'll run them down here. We're starting again. Number one is Right to Censor. Number two, X Factor. Three, Diesel Horns. Four, Demolition Heel. Five, American Males. Six, Isaac Yankum. Seven, The Ass Man. And I am the Ass Man. And eight is Sexy Boy. Uh, Big Show, I think, really is might even be the best or second best on this. Well, I think Sexy Boy is better than it. I and, and that's not it. Like I just objectively think that's and Ass Man. I think are better than. You think Ass Man's better than Big Show? Yes. Why? Because I just I don't know. Maybe I just like the more like up tempo likeness of those two. They're festive. Yeah, they're they're more festive than Big Show, which is like it's more akin to Diesel, but not the Diesel Honk Honk. No, just the Diesel, Diesel like Roseanne. Like Diesel Roseanne with Pam Anderson version. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Oh yeah, where he steals Pam Anderson. Bunch of bull. I know. How do you? Horseshit. Okay. How, can I just say how the fuck do you win something? Right? Shawn Michaels wins this Royal Rumble, right? And they're like, you the winner gets Pam Anderson. She's going to come out with the at WrestleMania. Like that's literally the only purpose of Pam Anderson, right? Yeah, she comes she out with the winner. There. She hates it, but she said, you know what? I'm going to come out to the winner of the Royal Rumble. Right. I'm going to come out with them at WrestleMania. Correct. Right? Yes. Shawn Michaels wins it, and she's like, you know. You know, what I said before about (laughs) that coming out with the Royal Rumble, I'm going to just come out with the champion. Like, what? That is horse. Yeah. Why would I cheer Diesel for that? And Sean has to go and find a replacement on top of (laughs) it. Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. That's a good replacement. It's a good replacement, but at the same time, he shouldn't have ever had to go out and find said replacement. He already did the work by... He did win the Royal Rumble. At number one! One foot! Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes! Like, he already did the work. He shouldn't have had to go find Jenny McCarthy. You know what I mean? That's have, a, it's crap. That's a sentence you'll only hear on OVP, folks. Right. <laughs> All right. So you think that Big Show's theme, mm-hmm. well, it's a big show. You think it's worse than Sexy Boy? Yes. Worse than Ass Man? Yeah, because Ass Man, you know, it's a little it's happy, happy and it's happy. It's and an 80s tinge. It's really stupid, but like, yeah. Oh, no, it's undoubtedly stupid. Yeah, okay. I can actually get behind that. Now, what's interesting is those trio of songs, Big Show, Sexy Boy, Ass Man, they're all, like we like to say, these exposition songs where they explain who the character is, right? You got a what sexy is being boy. being explained in the big show? He's a big show. Why? He's the big bad show tonight. He's you'll never know. He'll he's the big show. than you'll ever know. What are the lyrics? Let's find them out here. Oh, you, yeah. You want to do it, Quinn? Well, I'll do my usual. Uh, big show theme lyrics. We got to have you read them. Okay. I think it's worth I, Well, I mean, it's definitely these. worth uh, from Angel Fire. Okay, let's see. Um <laughs> Ron, is there, is there uh, a here's, counter on here's the site? A, I got a plug here. Uh, it's Ron's site dot two y a dot com. Oh yeah, um, I love that site. So you want the uh, big show theme lyrics up? Well, it's the big show. It's oh. a big bad show tonight. Oh baby, come on! Oh yeah, in parentheses. Yeah, it's a big show. <laughs> Crank it up. Turn up. Turn on them lights, and then it says turn them on in in parentheses. <laughs> well, get ready for something. That you'll never know. You won't see it coming, what? but I promise you'll know. It's the big show. That sounds very sexual. Come to the set. Uh, now I'm just going to regular read them. Come to set everything right. What? Per- parentheses. Oh, set them right. Set what right? Yeah, it's the big show. He's going to burn the house down <laughs> tonight. Say yeah, that. Yeah, that says he's going to burn this house it's an tonight. Arsonist. He's going to burn this house tonight. <laughs> That's what it says. Oh, burn it down in parentheses. So, you know, cheering him on, obviously. Yeah, Just, of course. You know, go burn that shit down. Your time is over. Your time's come around. Hold your head above me. Then I'll plant you in the ground. Oh. Yeah. In parentheses. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Big Show. <laughs> does not say yeah. Mr. Big Show. Yeah, says, yeah, Shut yeah, up. It says, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mr. Big it Show. It does not say Mr. Gonna burn it down. Oh, yeah. Listen now. It says. There's more? 
Yeah, there's still more. Okay. Well, it's the big show. It's a big bad show tonight. Oh, it's tonight, baby, in parentheses, of course. Oh, yeah, it's the big show. Whoa, crank it up, turn on them lights. Oh, oh, in parentheses, of course. Well, get ready for something that you'll never know. Too late for running. It's time for the show. It's time for the show. Time for the show. What show? It's time to start the show. <laughs> Gonna get even for them lies that you told. What? Who's he mad at? Time to meet your maker, because it's a howling you home. It's this is ha- not real. Oh, no, it's a hauling you. It's hauling you it home. It doesn't matter. To the big show. It's hauling <laughs> you home to the big show. This oh, yeah, yeah. Here's the last part. There's more? Oh, yeah. Till the big show. Oh, yeah. Burn it down. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, it's coming. Turn up them lights. Turn up them lights. That's the entire big show. Okay. Uh, Adobe Flash Player was blocked on this site, just so you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, oh, Cena's Raps is something on no, this site. No, please don't. No, we don't. Um, we can't. I don't Oh, think there's, there's actual um, dates. Which one would you like, Joe? Oh, in 2006, he added two new uh, Cena freestyles on here. Just there's a there's a log on the site. Uh, how about um, 11-7-2002? Just for shits, right? Go ahead. These freestyles are very short. Yeah, let's so, hear it. Okay, this is from 11-7-2002, SmackDown, I think, of course. It doesn't say that, but I'm guessing. I think that would be. I'm John C. My style's smooth, never choppy. The number one announcer is me. It ain't Funaki. So Kish wants to release pieces of his feces. Well, when the match is over, he tastes my cheeks' cheeses. Stop, repeat this. I win, I never lose. Every single match, I got a new pair of shoes. Oh, <laughs> Which I can use as toys or decoys. I'm not about to lose to a lost member of the Fat Boys word life. I think that Big Show's theme is definitely worse than Ass Man. Yeah. Is it worse than Yankum's? Those lyrics are horrendous. <laughs> you, you think the lyrics are what are Quinn what sets it apart? Huh? I mean, big sh- yeah. You know why? You know why? Do you want to know why? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why. Because Isaac Yank- Isaac Yankum's theme mm-hmm. is supposed to be a dental drill with elevator music, and there's some ingenuity there. Yeah, Big Show's theme sucks. <laughs> it, okay, like, I, like, they know, think okay, it's I'll good above Isaac, but I don't know if it can. It's as worse as American Males because no. we read those lyrics and those are. I think they're enough worse than yeah the Big Show. One. You know how they think? You know how I know they think the Big Show's theme is good because they still use it. Well, I mean, he's still like, around from but, twenty years ago. They never gave him a new theme. They're like, no, eat, this is a great theme. He's gonna burn down your house. And, I don't and, want him to. It, it, he's gonna take you to the Big Show. No, this is terrible. Yeah. So number six, Big Show, that slides everyone else down. And now it's time for the Booger Man. I wish the Booger Man had themes, but I, you know, instead, just, you know, we should just read another scene of freestyle just so that the Booger Man can. Okay, Quinn. Yeah. Let's just, how about we jump to the final one we can find here? How about, oh, 1016 with a new flashing oh, on it. Flash. Wow. 1016, 2006. Okay. From Raw. From Raw. 2006. This is in lieu, because Bastion Boogers, I can tell you the lyrics right now. It's, yeah. Don't, don't, don't. Like the, okay, so yeah, we did that. Dutch. Here, that's that's Bastion Boogers. So let's get another scene of freestyle. This one, a couple years later. Okay, the album's called "Playing with Fire." But hold on, I have a better line. The world's biggest scumbag. Here he is, Kevin Federline. Oh no! The only reason people know you is because your fame and fortunes built in. He's got like John Cena street cred and less talent than Paris Hilton. You want to knock on these people, K-Fed? You must be dreaming. You see, they hang with a Marine. You're with a dude who likes semen. One more, one more verse. There's always three, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. You see they hang with a Marine. You're with a dude who likes semen. Ah, you mad. Johnny Nitro, you don't got the nuts to hear me. And if K-Fed wasn't around, I'd be spearing Britney. Why Why we not just, we should just do like royal rankings no, and flush of John no. Cena. There's enough here. Please no. All right. Uh, write in if you want to hear no, more freestyles. Please uh, you don't. No, I, I'm, I have to leave. <laughs> so, so, all right. Could we hear? Yeah. What? There's like 50 of these. Like, Quinn? there's like a ton. Close out of the There's website. Also YJ Stinger number no, one, John we, Cena. Close, remember, close. Remember YJ Stinger? No, I don't actually. Anyway, yeah. please, co- please close the website. Okay, it's closed. I, I, well, I'm going to have to confiscate your gonna, laptop. I'm going to need to keep it for later reading. Oh God! <laughs> All right, booger, booger. Where do you pick booger? Well, it's. I think it's worse than Big Show without question. So let's kind of skyrocket that up, right? Yeah, because it's into the noise category. So yeah. it's. I think it's worse than American Males because at least it's catchy. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, Demolition is it worse heel. than Demolition Heel? I feel like it's it, the magnitude of its shittiness is not as impactful as the magnitude of Demolition Heel shittiness. Like I said, I could barely hear it, this right. Passion Booker theme. It didn't make a pay-per-view appearance or anything no. like that. But even on the Raws and stuff or whenever right. he was on that I saw him, whenever he was around, I didn't even like hear this shit. Right. Do you think, though, uh, as a standalone theme, forget the impact or the magnitude, do you think that it's just a worse thing to listen to? It's right. definitely, well, it, is right. it, I don't know if it's worse than Bastion, or Heel, I mean. Yeah, it's heel. worse than Heel. Heel Demolition. I think it's worse than that. Ugh. It's worse than Demolition Heel just really bothers me a lot. Like, it's actually more annoying. Like, this is like, this is just a loop, and it's like a five-second loop. Yeah, there's no effort put into it. It's horrible. Come right. on, Quinn, at they, least with the demolition. Never, they never play it past him just <laughs> eating, and he's like already in the ring. That's the other thing with Bastion Booger. I've never seen him like come out. He's always like doing something like in the like you know what i mean like he's always sitting on his ass eating a chicken or something like generally like he's never you never hear this theme long enough with demolition heel they come all the way out to it and you're just like oh you think really you think demolition heel is worse than this yes you're serious i hate demolition heel a lot would it make you feel Can can we for once not like elevate demolition heel more than it needs to be would it make you happy yeah just like at the end here Uh, and you'll never read another john cena freestyle again on the show well i'll do that if it's if it's necessary Mm. all right number five maybe next season (laughs) there'll just be a segment in between we should just there should be like you know the breaks or whatever they should just be like a masterpiece theater like before and then like quinn reads john cena freestyle there's absolutely no way i'm ever gonna do that all right Uh, so uh, right in um (laughs) to the boards or you know just send us a gmail ovp podcast at gmail.com if you want to hear that so for number five bastion booger yeah officially okay. official so that'll do it folks now before we run these down i want to just name a few oh, others yeah, that didn't the ones, make it ones that didn't the, the tradition right yeah the, the tradition season here uh just for the record the one that got the most votes is actually right to censor. Well, I mean, which makes that's, sense. I don't think that's even argued. That's no. one of the one times where it was absolutely definitive. What's like the worst thing? Yeah, I agree. Uh, now, Red Rooster just missed it. That's surprising. Actually, cockadoodle do there. <laughs> China's theme just missed it. That's surprising. Also, it's not a good song. Honestly, it's like it's bad. It's just like to me, it's not like overly offensive. Right. Bad. Teal Hopper, the, the, namesake, the namesake, the right? namesake the to flush. the flush. Yeah. Doink's face theme, I understand that, because it's, uh, it's just upsetting. a fucking clown song. Yeah. 
This one I don't agree with. It okay. got a bunch of a couple of votes for the worst. Yokozuna. I thought his theme was well, amazing. I can see why people might have been like bored when he came out. Like maybe that's why. Bored? <laughs> yeah. It's very it's very solemn. <laughs> I guess so. And nothing else really got notable amount of votes there. But uh Right to Censor definitely ran away with it. Understandably so. Quinn, it's been quite a flush, I gotta yeah. say. I've I had mean, a lot of fun here. What a list, huh? What a list. And uh folks, now we can finally it's it's official here. Let's run them down. We can send it to PWI so they can put it in the magazine <laughs> next right. month. Let's run them down here, folks. These are the 10 worst entrance themes of all time as voted on by you, the fans, and ranked by OVP. At number one, the right to censor. Number two, X-Factor Uncle Cracker. Number three, Diesel's Horns. And number four, Demolition Heel theme. It made it into the Death Valley, Quinn. Mm, there it is. Number five, Bastion Pookie. Number six, <laughs> American Males. Seven, Big Show. Eight, Isaac Yankum. Number nine, the Ass Man and <laughs> number 10 Sexy Boy still not one of the worst fair. names not it's so funny folks that is the worst and of course when we uh, do this again for next season it'll be managers so make sure you vote there over on the Facebook group but Quinn when we come back it is time to review one of the worst things I have ever watched in my entire pretty, life pretty uh, hideous pretty hideous I folks. know for a season of good this yeah. is stunning that this is on here yep it'll be episode one of Los Luchadores and that's coming up right after this Hey guys, Quinn here. Um, I just wanted to try out this, you know, Quinn reads John Cena freestyle. Joe's gone, so he's not going to hear any of this. We're just going to sneak it right in the show. So here we go. I'd like to take this time to say thank you to Brock. You shattered my knee on TV. Now I can't walk. It's official. I got crippled by the meathead. But Brock, you left me breathing when you should have left me for dead. So I swear, John Cena's a name you will remember. From this point on, I declare war on Brock Lesnar. This is more than a match. It's a total obsession. I'll be watching everything you do 24-7, forcing you to keep me in the back of your mind. And since your brain is so small, I won't be hard to find. I'll break you down, watch you drown, and not throw in a rope. This is jail, Brock. We're inmates. You just dropped the soap. Word life. Wait, what are you doing? Wait, oh, two. We got, we got to get out of here. Hey! And now, back to our vantage point. The Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Happy New Year. It's episode number 160. It's our season 16 finale. And I just want to thank you guys for what's been a fun year 2019 has been. And we kick off this new year and we end this season. We're just very thankful that you're a part of the OVP family, that you listen to us. Yeah, thank you for joining us and welcome to the new decade. That's right. The the 20s. The 20s, folks. Uh, There's some friends of the show. Now, normally we do this every week. I want to shout out some extra friends of the show. So here's some really good wrestling podcasts that you can listen to out there. These are people that uh, we're, we're close with that do a great job. They're on the independent podcasting circuit. Here's some names for you. Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. That's W-P-A-N. Check them out. Check out Greetings from Allentown. That's Peter Winston's one-man show. Very good. A potty award winning. Potty award winning. Check out Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. That's for the great coverage of the Southern Wrestling, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. Check that out. There's some other friends of the show. The Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, PPW. Check out the Bottom Line Cast with our own Mike Prue, friend of the show. Oh, Mike Prue. Yep. Howdy. Howdy, Mike Prue. 
And historyofwwe.com is now run by Richard Land, our uh, Lord Alfred, if you will. The, the Lordship of OVP. Yes, so check that out. A great resource, obviously, for not only WWF, but mainly results and just obscure you know, trivia. If you need to look up the last time someone wrestled or something like that. You need to look up all the Virgil matches before <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the massaging feet incident. Yes. yes. Yeah, Control-F will be your friend on that site, actually, because yeah. you can just find anything on there. Those are our friends of the show. Uh, and again, we thank everyone that listens to us, that uh, joins the Facebook group. There's some great stuff over there following us on Twitter or um, supporting us on Patreon. Thank you guys very much. As Quinn and I are excited to uh, start off the new decade here of OVP. The Roaring Twenties. Yep. This is going to be the one. This, this is, is going to be, be the, the one. decade where we make it big. Yeah, that's There's right. There's going to be OVP stock. Oh, yeah. Um, tickers. We'll have our IPO later in the decade. We're going to have to have a ticker in the, like, <laughs> like one of the old style with the actual paper coming through. <laughs> right. Uh, and one more thing to mention is next week, just to remind you guys here, next week we're doing our season break. So next week, the 13th, Quinn and I are going to be reviewing. The 1986 Slammy Awards, yes. not 87, not 87. The USA one, you may know the MTV one. Yes. More MTV. Yes. I more want MTV. My MTV. <laughs> and uh, so that'll be a fun time. That'll be next week. It'll be available in video and audio form right here on our normal podcast feed or on video, hopefully uh, on YouTube, possibly Vimeo, yeah. depending on <laughs> soon enough, Joe, we're probably going to be like reviewing just music videos in general from the 80s <laughs> straight yeah uh, but thank you again guys and thank you so much for your support and for being a friend of the show being a fan of the show we really do appreciate it and now to send this season on home quinn maybe you're a newer <sighs> listener yeah we normally at the end of the season we review a wrestling related type of a show it's usually a piece of shit. It's usually very bad, right? Yeah. We've done, you know, everything from Bret Hart in Sinbad to Hulk Hogan on Baywatch mm-hmm. to Shawn Michaels on Pacific Blue. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Vader and Boy Meets World just was another the, one. Just the worst. <laughs> You're right. Like the absolute dregs. The AWA serial thing. Yeah, serial <laughs> thing. Yep. This may be one of the worst shows, not only that we've reviewed, but that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I feel like, Joe, when you found... Because this was Joe's idea. We were like, what do we even do? Don't like, blame me for this. No. And I, I feel like this was a special kind of torture for me. Like, that this was chosen. Now, I surprisingly... I'm going to say this straight out. I wasn't as offended as I thought I would be by this piece of crap. It's just but poor. It, it's just bad. Yeah, yeah it's just it's a just bad like show. very bad production and stuff. Now, this aired during our, our formative years. We were teenagers when this came out, and I never knew of its existence. And the name of the show, folks, is Los Luchadores, which is Spanish for the Luchadores. And, <laughs> the and this, is, this is Power Rangers related? Am I, am well, I right here? Yeah, in a sense. So... We all know the Power Rangers. Yeah, big fan. Mighty I know, Morphin I know variety. you were more of a Turtles guy, but I like both the I'm Turtles both. And, the, and the Rangers. Now, they were uh, early 90s, obviously. 93, I think, Power Rangers started yeah, so, in the I U.S. Mean, we were still definitely of that age yeah. where we like superheroes and shit. Yep. And, and uh, Marvel wasn't as like a thing back no, then. You not know, there really. was like only the comics, but you didn't have the shows and stuff. And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was rather cheaply produced, and it would mix footage from the original Japanese show that's actually unrelated, but they like change the storyline, all that. Super Sentai, something, Sentai yeah. something or other, yeah. And Saban, the U.S. company, would shoot some of their own footage, but also use some of the Japanese stock footage. And it was hacky, and it was cheap, and it was corny, and it was poorly acted, but the but kids loved it. It was a huge freaking hit. Yes, it I mean, was. Everyone wanted to know what you know. Jason, Kimberly, Trini, Billy, and don't forget and Zach, Tommy when he came in. And Tommy, 
those Green six, Ranger series. Those six cats over there. Yep. They want to know what's going on in Angel Grove. What's Ernie going to make at the juice thing? Like, you know, all, what, what are Bulk and Skull going to be up to, yeah, right? You, you tuned it every day, right? And what what big stupid monster is going right. to show up and all this crap? When will Goldar get his wings back? Yes. Season two opener. Yes, but- huge <laughs> Huge storyline epic thing. I shall restore to you what was once taken away. Lord said I thank you. But apparently, I guess, in an attempt to... I don't, I don't even want to say cash in on the Power Rangers. I think it's really... Well, wrestling is popular in 2001. Right. Why don't we do a show for kids where there are wrestlers in it? And right. This and, and combine it with the Power Rangers kind of like... Right? You know, that, that style of production. Yeah, that, cheap. You know, the usual, like, they have vehicles and they fight crime. And, <laughs> right. You know, like, there, there, might, yeah. there might be things that are, like, supernatural fighting them. Like, that yeah. kind of crap. So, Saban uh, teamed up here with Fox Family, you know, well, Fox th- Kids. I will say this. During that time period, Fox Family and Saban were, like, huge partners. Yes, like, they were. Right. It was, it was a big partnership. So, they formed this show, which was uh, partially Canadian produced as well. And of course Canada, it was, yeah. as well. <laughs> called Los Luchadores, and basically it was, for lack of a better description, a wrestling-themed version of Power Rangers. Yes. That's really what we're dealing Somebody with Somebody really thought that this <laughs> this was the ticket to fame. Now, what was there going to be, like, a, a Power Rangers Stone Cold? Like, right, like, well, like, this is the thing, right? Yeah. Now, this aired again. This started February of 2001, 16 episodes, and it ended in the summer of 2001. But here's the thing, Quinn. When you think of 2001 and you're thinking about how popular wrestling was you're definitely remembering all those great mass luchadors in the wwe well, right okay so this is what i think joe That's I what I remember. i'm not remembering that but exactly um, i do think there is something they did pick out of it is they saw how family friendly the luchadors maybe in the cruiserweight division and they used that as their like, maybe they looked around wrestling, like, what can we make, right, that's, like, not going to offend anyone? Yeah. And they saw, like, Ultimo Dragon and Rey Mysterio Jr. Maybe. and Super Kalo and all these dumb maybe. people, like, jumping around, and they're like, eh, that could work. Like, they just need to, like, find one thing it, in wrestling. It literally looks like one of the writers watched wrestling for about four and a half minutes before writing this episode, because that's yeah. about how accurate they, they it is. They picked out tapes, like, what is the most family-friendly things out of wrestling? And they, <laughs> right. Maybe they chose between, like, I don't know, like, Glacier and this. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The Glacier gimmick might have been better, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so, why don't we get into it, folks? This is uh, available on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's the first episode of Los Luchadores, episode number one, titled I Chihuahua. So I'm already saying, please don't be horrible. <laughs> Although the name of the episode is I Chihuahua. So I already hate this. Like immediately, I hate it. I Chihuahua. I Chihuahua. <laughs> well, I could have said, have mercy. But it felt a little more like uh, I Chihuahua. We get a cold open of a city at nighttime in front of an arena. Now, it looks like L.A., but I'm sure it's Saban, so it's Angel Grove or some <laughs> shit right, right. like that. It's Generic. Not, yeah, it's not. It's not like, gonna... Why is it never just the, like, was the, what did they, like, copyright city names? Like, why, what was this problem always with Power Rangers shit? It's like, even, like, the VR Troopers, it wasn't called the right city. Like, I just don't understand, like, why they always did this. Maybe it's to make it more of an any town USA type, or any city USA type of feel. Yeah, but Angel Grove literally the pan out shots were like LA I know. like and it was obvious I know like that. it wasn't even like a question I know Quinn so a very enthusiastic announcer welcomes us to the Union City and Arena there you go there it okay. is they, they immediately say like <laughs> okay this isn't fucking LA right welcome to Union 
Sun City Arena, home of the champions of Lucha Libre Wrestling. And we see a nice wide shot of the arena. Good crowd, nice gate, you know, all that. Yeah, and then they do a close-up, and it's clearly a teeny soundstage. Yeah. It's horrible! <laughs> There's like nine fans <laughs> in the background. It looks like, literally, it looks like that live-action Turtles, like the sewer underneath. Right. Like, you remember, yes. like, the one that also was Saban-related, yes. but the Turtles got involved? It's real. Like, that's what it looks like. It looks like they're using, like, nine feet of their soundstage yeah. for the wrestling it's ring. It's so tiny, It's really too. small. And in the ring now is Turbine, who I think is one of the main characters here, as this mat has these weird green-colored lighting on it. It almost looks like a trampoline or some shit at Discovery Zone it's or something. It's bad. Like, it's all bad, and it just looks like crap. It's horrible. It looks all squeezed in. It, I just hate how small it is. And the editing, you know, there's lots of quick cuts, bad sound effects. Apparently, the opponent's name is Trash Can. As Good the, name. The announcer literally says, It's garbage night. Horrible. Turbine is fighting back, but Trash says it's garbage night. Garbage day! see a bunch of people looking on way too intently and then a shot of the arena outside where apparently this very fancy pants arena here they have like a 20 foot tv broadcasting the match outside the arena this is insane and you know why why because they're implying remember they showed that arena that was jam-packed and yeah. it was like a hundred thousand it was uh-huh. like it was like huge yeah, right it counted like, there was seventy eight thousand. it was like way too many fucking people right, right? yes they're saying that so many people want to see this shitty tag match that there's like a crowd outside the arena standing and watching it on a TV on the outside because they couldn't fit in. Like, what? Like this shitty match. It's horrible. Yeah. And then we cut to a greasy looking man with a ponytail holding a chihuahua. They're on the outside. They're on the outside. Yeah, they yeah. couldn't get in. No. Back to the action now where the heels double team in the corner. We get a double suit play. Turbine's partner kind of looks like Del Rio in a mask or somebody. Kind of remind me of Cesaro for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe kind it's just like a body type. or so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Cesaro's dad, maybe. Yeah. Uh, more shots of the man holding the dog. Turbine is down in the ring and one of the heels grabs some kind of an ass buzzer or something. Ah, the shock stick to the ass. Like, that's literally what he does. It is. And then Turbine says, That Rudo toasted my tostada. Horrible. Horrible. That Rudo toasted my tostada. At least they're using the terms Rudo. Yeah. yeah at least they did that. Rudo. Yeah. Uh, he, he wants to get him back, though, with more ass lipstick buzzing or whatever this device is. But Del Rio's like, No, that's stupid. Just fight. So here's an idea. While they're over here talking in the corner, why don't you just make the tag? Wait, actually, they're talking for far too long. Yeah, like, they're, they're like giving tips and yeah. all this shit. It's like there's like a like a, a fake like Mick outside. You oh know, god, you know yeah. what I mean? Coach. Like coach or something. It's like Rocky. But the thing is, in Lucha Libre tag wrestling, don't you not even need to tag? Oh, that's true. Can yeah, you, you freely can just, like, exchange as long as you like get out and the other guy gets yeah. in, right? Like, why don't they just do that? Well, they didn't. I mean, like I said, they only watched WCW Cruiserweight yeah. Division for five seconds. Literally. Or so their coach guy actually takes the ass buzzer away as we get the Caliente tag for Lobo Fuerte. He's the partner, the Del Rio Cesaro hybrid okay. there. He does a double shoulder block, a clothesline, a body slam. All of this over hot rock music. <laughs> it's, hot rock. Yeah, it's, it's very hot. It's like fucking Mike Francis. Working hard as they can. Marking the mad dog. Oh, the fan as they like beat each other up. So Lobo Fuerte continues to clean Casa here. Fireman's carry drop followed by an elbow and a rope walk into a wrist lock here by Lobo. He sets up his finisher, the Lobo Destroyo, which is basically a jackhammer. And then, of course, the finish. He pins the guy with uh, <laughs> I, how, with, <laughs> with an arm bar. How do they do this? Like how? Listen, I don't care how little you've watched wrestling in your life. 
everyone knows you have to at least cover for the pin. Like, that is, like, basic. Even, like, the layman, when they see wrestling, they know one, two, right. three, and you have to, like, be on top of them. He pinned him with an armbar! It's terrible! What happened here? What is this know. mess of production? I don't know. Meanwhile, the Chihuahua dog guy has teleported away somewhere, so all his all that's left is this doggy's little leash. As we get the intro, now I can't even dignify how awful this song is, so I honestly think the best way to truly explain it to everybody is we just need to listen to this intro right here live on the okay, show. Live, folks. okay. Live. Listen to this. <laughs> it gets worse. Luchadoris, the faceless hero. Like Rey Mysterio's thing. Oh God. Lobo Forte and Turbine together. I wish you could see the visuals. It's bad. Look this up, folks. Just trust me. All right. This opening is hideous, Joe. Like it is so bad. It is, um, and, and it shows all the characters and all this crap. And there's like monsters and fucking like chihuahuas with like things on their heads. Like, Vader masks. I don't know what's happening. Well, let's run down the cast here. We've got uh, Maximo Moron as Lobo Forte. He's the main guy. Levi James as Turbine. Mm-hmm. Sarah Carter as a uh, Maria Valentine. Okay. And Arthur Berghart. That's the um. The coach guy. Oh, coach. As Laurent. Laurent. <laughs> so well, these names. Like. Laurent. Back to the arena now where Turbine and Lobo are, uh, they're leaving and they're in the hallway and a bunch of kids run up to them asking for autographs. Like, oh, wow, you're so famous. And Lobo's like, hey, no pushing or shoving. And the kid's like, the yeah. The put-on accents are just, they're unbelievable. <laughs> and the kid's like, yeah, but don't you do that when you wrestle? And he's like, yes, but I don't do it outside the ring, you shithead. And another kid asks if he ever takes off the mask. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no. and it's like the Lucha Code, and it's yeah. like Legends and Legends of the Hidden Temple. I don't know what he's. He just talks about like green monkeys. Yeah, basically, like it's as if Mike Tanay walked in. He's like, well, you know, Tony, they never take the mask off. It's Legend in Lucha Land, or you know, like he's like recounting that story to this child. Basically, yeah. Now Lobo gets a page on his nifty Game Gear watch or whatever it is. Yeah, it's basically my beeper went off. Sorry, I have to do shit. Like he just like literally they like. Peace out to these kids. <laughs> yep, but he does offer them autographs by mail before leaving. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. He says, "Give me your name and address, <laughs> and we'll get back to you." And give it's, me your name and address. I, why would you give that <laughs> to like? First of all, masked, sweaty men in a hallway. That's not suspicious at all. What is with, that? With like suspicious beeper watches and yeah. shit. He's like, oh, I have to go. Yeah. Seriously, like this is like very awkward. It's very poor. Yeah. Then we cut to a dumpy looking city hall where a guy on a laptop says that there is a dire situation. They need to find Dr. Jacob Mueller. That's the ponytail man, Quinn. Uh-huh. He mysteriously disappeared tonight. Apparently, he was a very good doctor. He developed a lot of vaccines. This is kind of the plot to the fugitive. Yeah, what is he going to have to let him run? (laughs) Kimball! Now, Lobo asks if the doctor has any enemies. First of all, hang on. Why does a doctor have enemies? (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) He's a doctor. He helps people, not hurts people. First of all, why is the mayor or whatever this guy is, like, talking to the wrestlers for help? Yeah, that's another it, suspicious question. Like, what... What like, do they do? Don't they have cops? Yeah. Like, don't, like, why are they employing the help of the the, re- the local wrestling <laughs> talent? Like, I, it, I mean, it, it goes to that whole, like, that carny feel about how, like, 
you know how the carnies used to say like oh when wrestlers came down they were like the biggest guys around right, right. and like you know even the cops couldn't arrest yeah. them because they were so big like it's kind of like that mentality it's like oh we gotta ask the, the wrestlers to help us fight the crime that'd be great though if like you know there's a robbery in your town and Ron Bass shows up to help yeah or like <laughs> nowadays like kind of like there's a robbery in your town and like Larry W.E.'s in town that night and like Seamus they're like hey can you like <laughs> it's like yo fella I'll help sure, you fella. It's like, and that's like what they do when they're on the road <laughs> I was literally watching a video today where, like, Seamus was giving, like, workout tips He was very friendly he about was, like, that. He was, like, very nice, and I'd be like, I'd ask him to help me with, fight crime he's in my local nice town. He's a nice man. Yeah. And he's huge, too. He's, he's a hard I think, worker. I think he could beat the crap out of the criminals. Most people. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so Lobo's asking if this doctor has any enemies, and the mayor is like, uh, yeah, actually. And then he shows a picture on his laptop of a guy with, like, viscera eyes. What? what? <laughs> and his name is Douglas Slade. This guy looks perfectly normal, not evil at all. His eyes are huge and they're like evil. Yeah. It's horrible. And apparently, it's the doctor's former associate and they had a falling out years ago. So we actually cut to a flashback now. <laughs> I can't now believe there's a flashback on this show. Where this evil guy, Slade, and Dr. Mueller got into a rumble in the lab. Is this the fugitive? Yeah, it's like, really weird. Richard. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, get rid of the helicopter! Why? Because I don't want to get shot! Apparently, Slade's legs were paralyzed by some toxic substance during this. Not he fell down the stairs like I don't know some goo leaked on his leg and it (laughs) like paralyzed. That's that's like the furthest thing than what I would think would happen. Why not just have like a bunch of barrels fall on him or something? I don't know like street fighter? Something like physical not like a chemical like paralyzed. That's just weird. I know. Uh, Back to real time now as the mayor says that Slade was just released from prison last week. Now can I mention that this guy Slade he looks like Stan not the wrestler, <laughs> the singer. <laughs> now we cut to Slade in some lab now with leg braces as Dr. Mueller comes in with his chihuahua. Uh, the line of the show by Slade, he's like, you're going to give me legs. <laughs> you're going to give me legs. <laughs> is this bullshit why does the doctor guy have like a biker man with them why is the doctor helping him like wouldn't he refuse you would think pressure kidnapped into it by the biker man yeah, i think right? i guess they say that later but with the way it looks like just because they don't explain this <laughs> no. biker guy he's he just literally just like in. standing next to him and he looks like fucking luke gallows so he looks like very unthreatening <laughs> and he's just like kind of standing there like not even like holding the doctor no they're just standing next to each other like they came together so right. i'm like why is the doctor helping like, yeah like the way this all looked right. was very confusing it is and uh, that's just poor production folks oh t- yeah. horrible production the doggy gets scared now as we cut the turbine and lobo going to check the computer's lab uh back to the lab now where mueller and slade bicker about doing this leg shit apparently mueller is using cheetah dna <laughs> for what? slade's legs what is this? i gotta say the acting here is on hulk hogan levels oh it's bad not a compliment i'd know better than anyone Using animal DNA to physically enhance a human being. Ha! And who'd make a better test subject than myself? <laughs> uh, Slade reluctantly starts the process, uh, which reminds me of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, where like Dr. Perry had to mutate Toko and Razor. <laughs> like, he's like, no, we can't do it, or whatever. Oh, God, that guy. <laughs> Remember him? That guy looked like he could have been, like, he was, like, the guy who didn't get the mess- Mr. Sheffield job in the <laughs> nanny. That's what I always saw to him. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Uh, Extended shot now of Slade wiggling around stupidly before this process ends. 
He gets up off the table, and he has a fucking cheetah leg with claws coming through his shoes. Uh, the legs have, <laughs> like, cat hair now, <laughs> and he says, it's perfect. And, uh, fuck this show. It's, like, seri- Like what the hell? And, that line, immediately, I'm like, this is what we're in for, isn't it? Yeah. Like, this is it. Leg, look at it. It's perfect. He zooms around stupidly now as Slade appears to Dude, act. What like was that, that camera work? <laughs> what was that? He's acting like Jim Carrey in the mask. I swear. He's like, "Yes, I got my groove back." Uh-huh. Somebody stop yeah, me! Yeah, seriously. Like, you know, like it's it's terrible. Horrible. Yes, I got my groove back. Oh, it's party time. Mueller objects to this whole thing because it's not humane here. Meanwhile, the dog gets scared as we cut to Lobo taking the cover off of the sewer pipe outside. And I have to point out. And now Lobo and Turbine are dressed in all black and they're talking Stealth gear, They're talking to some guy in a suit that's eating a hoagie the some whole time. D- dorky detective <laughs> yeah. guy. Like it's bad. It's horrible. Who is he? Like they I don't even know. say they're just like, Hi, I'm Tim or something. I don't know. I'm eating a sausage. Yeah, it's like yeah. I guess like maybe they need maybe they're not official cops showing up. Like this is literally what I was wondering when I was what? like, do that does detective just need to like supervise because they don't have badges, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Like it's like well, these guys are the muscle, but the detective <sighs> just has to like make sure sh- like make sure they're not doing any illegal shit nothing about this is good folks yeah. they fire up their car which apparently shoots missiles so it blows up the sewer vent and a bunch of crumbs fall out <laughs> back down to the lab now Slade's assistant Horace Hogan here yells that Lobo Fuerte and Turbine have invaded so Slade takes all the possible vials of every animal DNA and a CD-ROM <laughs> yeah it's on CD Joe <laughs> with a little sticky note on it that says top secret <laughs> why would you write that on the thing like why would you tell someone that this is just all the worst ideas all, all, all awful uh the luchadors arrive on the scene and they take out slade's henchmen with fireman carries <laughs> i like that they use wrestling <laughs> they, like, like literal wrestling they use slade zooms past everybody though because he's a cheetah remember yeah and now we cut to him holding a bunch of security guys in a jail cell yeah and he's growing cat eyes and a cat hand for something and can I say something when he's like zoomed away? Yes. I just need to note the guy with the hoagie or whatever. They're like, they're like, they're like, catch him or whatever. And he's like, I can't. I don't know what to do. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, he just like makes this really dumb line, and he like puts up both of his hands. It's like you see this like shitty effect of him. It's so. It's like they hired someone's nephew to play this part or yeah, something. Who is this guy? Like, he's the worst. What am I going to do? Now we cut for no reason to Lobo and Turbine sparring happily. Yeah, why they're are they, like, don't they have to go catch this fucker? <laughs> yeah, like, why are they just like, let's go, to, we gotta take some time out to practice for the next wrestling match. <laughs> so, Turbine tries a scissor kick, but Lobo blocks it. And the reason for that, as Maria Valentine helpfully points out, she's like, you went off the wrong foot. Now she eggs Turbine on to actually kick her by walking around, clucking like a chicken, before blocking the kick with her fingernail. And then she's like, I have to leave. It's time for me to go skydiving. What a useless character. Who? Why is she here? Like, she's in the credits. She's not helping them. No. Like, they're doing everything by themselves. They got the extra luchadoris here. I don't know if that's the term for Let's it. Let's go with it. But she's just, you all suck. I gotta go skydiving now because I'm cool. And then, like, she just, like, leaves. And you don't see her until the end. It's true. Like, what the fuck is the point of her? Like, seriously. I what is she doing? Like, don't they have to... Aren't they a team? Like, I don't understand what the purpose of her is. Well, that was exciting. Oops. Time for my skydiving lesson. You know what the other thing that I don't like about her is they do the dumb shit where she's got purple on in a purple mask and she's got 
pigtails coming out the mask. Oh, it's horrible. Just terrible, folks. Yeah. Cut to Laurent now, who's basically like their Zordon. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is an idiot. And he's like, all of the animal samples were taken from the freezer, and they're 100% pure DNA, so they're really strong. Well, he knows computers, so I guess he's good or (laughs) something. Like, he's got a computer, whatever. That's, like, always the answer. It's like, you're smart if you have computers back then. Like, literally, Lamont has, like, you know, he's got, like, like he has the fucking like um, it's a big one, Elizabeth. Yeah, he's got like what is the um thing like IT department like call in IT the headset. Yeah, yeah, the headset, but the shitty cheap one. The wire. Yeah, it looks like futuristic <laughs> yeah. to back then at least. Like he probably helps at AOL or something. I don't know. I don't AOL. know. Well. Yeah. Slade now appears on their TV out of nowhere, and he basically says, Cut the shit or the hostages are gonna die. So Lobo offers to meet him face to face. And Slade's like, Good, I'll upload you a map. Can I can I also note that what? like during this part, like Lobo, whatever the blue guy's name yeah, is, Lobo, right? Lobo, he's like, they have families. This is not right. I will sacrifice my like like this whole big speech about like why terribly like, why too, by the way he doesn't even see who the hostages are. I mean, they're like just a bunch of like sweaty security guard men. Like, do you remember that? Yes. Like, and he's like, they have families. <laughs> they have families. This yeah. is not right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Slade then catches a fly with a lizard tongue. What? Shit. <laughs> and then he's like, tastes like chicken. Just shut up. <laughs> like, oh, he is the worst. <laughs> this Slade, he stinks. The acting, we mean. Yeah. Like, the, the whole thing about it. Horrible. <laughs> it's just terrible. Turbine wants to know if they're going to use wrestling to win this, but Loba's like, no. Uh, awkward driving sequence now. Yes. Stupid vehicles like racing around like they're Zords or something. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm gonna hit activate speed mode, yeah. and like all this, like, they show like all the this most ha- generic, like, shit. all this crap happening. Like, fucking, like, I don't know, there's like a bull on the front of a car, and it's a, it's like kind of a Mustang with like the fucking Eddie Winslow, like, yeah. light thing on the top. I'm not kidding, like, it's all real. It is. And now we cut to Turbine and Lobo wandering around a parking garage here as Turbine heads off on his own, but Slade sneaks up on Lobo to talk shit shit and laugh stupidly. Everyone says dumb shit, it's basically. Horrible. It's just a lot of dumb shit. Lobo Fuerte. So stealthy. But I heard you coming from miles. Too bad you can't use my machine. Bad ears really sharpen up the old senses. <laughs> we had a deal. Myself in exchange for the hostages. Where are they? I don't know! Apparently Turbine has been jumped from behind by the former hostages the security guards who are now turning into apes and working for Slade. I hate all of this. What the, that was the worst, too, because the, the security guards had, like, very vague, like, monkey makeup on, like, and, and like, like, their arms are kind of, like, down, just to, but they're not all the way on the ground, like, they're gorillas, and they're just like, and, like, they, but not, like, all the way. It's just like, they, like, can you kind of half act like you're apes? Like, yeah. they, like that's, like, what happened, and they, like, like, and they, <laughs> they just like kind of like take the red one away. The makeup looks like they looked at pictures of Martin Van Buren and they're like, <laughs> yeah. make them look like that. Like they just have like better beards yeah. attached to their sideburns. That's it. Slade taunts Lobo now by saying he wants the fearless soul of a warrior as we fade to black. We come back to the lab now where Lobo is strapped to a chair and he's all, you cannot steal my soul. As Slade <laughs> just... What, what is it stealing the soul? I thought it was like DNA, DNA, right? DNA really. No, now explains, there's like soul powers yeah, no, or he something. He explains you can also steal souls. Okay. You can do that, too. Yeah, that's, I guess it's all the same, (laughs) Why not, right? Um, Slade just chews on some scenery for a while while saying dumb shit, like, and I'll be taking over Union City! I guess of all of Union City, we'll be turned into cats or something. (laughs) It's going to be like that terrible musical cats. You know what I mean? At the Winter Garden. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know uh, the movie about that too. Yes, it's like, I like do. a zero or something. <laughs> it's <Good>. awful. <laughs> it's probably like the sequel to this episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, some water drips from the ceiling, which really freaks out Slade. And yeah. Lobo's like, "Of course, they hate water." I don't get this. Don't I know cats like if you spray water in their face, they hate it. But don't they drink water? Like <laughs> yes, just like a drop isn't gonna like the cat's not gonna go ah like you know like run away. <laughs> probably not. And some cats actually do tolerate it and they'll take a bath. Yeah, and some cats swim if they need to. There I you mean, go. They can so swim. I don't a know little. what that assumption was from Lobo over here. <laughs> oh, no, but Lobo has a plan. He kicks over a chair, which knocks an oxygen tank into a glass tank of water, and Slade freaks out. Lobo then pages Laurent and tells him to find the highest pitch tone possible and transmit it to him. Now, I want to note something here, because I texted you after this, right? Yes, you did. Now, this all happens, like, very quickly, and, like, all to me it looked like was basically, like, Lobo's, like computer man like do some shit like that's like I, that's all i heard really was like just do something yeah and like all of a sudden like he just breaks out of the chair and i literally was like what did he even do <laughs> he like, said because, high like, frequency yeah i just mean that it was so watch. like subtle and like strange and like he just started like breaking the, the more they were focusing more on him breaking out of the chair than everyone like right going i was like what is even happening well see if this uh, Slade fellow, right? he's got very sensitive hearing now because he's an animal. Yeah. So this frequency really freaks him out. So he's all freaking out. Clothesline by Lobo to one of the ape guards here into the jail cell where Turbine is now able to unlock himself. So they wrestle the bad guys for a bit mm-hmm. as the theme music ramps up. By the way, stupid comments like everywhere from everyone. Yeah. like, whoa, watch your step. <laughs> and then, oh, don't trip there. Just, and like, you know, like, oh, you're going to pay for that one. Like, now you will know the true heart of a lover. Feel the squeeze of the snake! Ah. Turbine! Ah. You're equalizer! Spotlight on the freak show! <laughs> and then meanwhile, <laughs> Lucha Libre! Like, you know what I mean? Like, the horrible thing. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. Uh, Slade with some forearms, but Lobo into a bottom wrist lock here. Chicken wing by Slade, sir. So Turbine uses the lipstick ass buzzer. Yeah, he's reusing that prop. <laughs> and Lobo grabs an airplane spin. Somehow in all of this, Slade gets thrown down onto the table, gets untransformed, and now he's all sad as Turbine bitches about how he had his foot stepped on. Yeah, and he's all like, fuck this, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we cut now and Maria Valentine's on the scene. She adds nothing of value again. What as- is the point of her? <laughs> like, what? why is she here? She says nothing. Yeah. Lobo explains that he used all of the animal weaknesses against Slade. That's how that's, he figured it that's out. That's what happened, Aha, yeah. Smart. Turbine tries to act like he's good or something, so Maria gives him a hug. And then went totally la bomb on him in a mano mano smackdown. <laughs> you should have seen me go off on those monkey men. I give him my special turbine tornado. Pretty proud of yourself, huh? Well, you should be. Did I just hear that right? <laughs> Did this chica say something nice to me? I gotta just mention, throughout the show, the use of Spanglish here is egregious. It's upsetting and almost, like, offensive. Because, yeah, because Turbine, mainly. Yes. Turbine's a Canadian, clearly not Spanish. Right, and he looks like Zach Morris with a, (laughs) like, a mask on his head. Like, like, he looks like shit. And he doesn't, like I said, he's not, he's not a native Spanish speaker at all. Like, I think Cesaro or whatever is, like, Lobo. But, like, (laughs) Not Zach, and it's terrible, and especially not the girl wonder over here. Oh, yeah, no, like, she's she is one hundred percent not Spanish. No, not at all. Uh, so the three luchadors wonder what happened to all of the mojo that was on Slade. Right, as- we forgot to say that too. Yes. Like at the beginning, they're like, "I got to use mo- you took my mojo away." It's Austin Powers. Well, yeah, because that movie that had just come out where they stole his mojo, the like third one in like two thousand one. 
No, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't that one oh two? Oh, was it in the second gold member? But it's in the I second thought, one. I thought it was in the third one too. Maybe I thought I, mojo. I lost my mojo. I lost my mojo, the one. baby. Got my mojo back, baby. Ugh. Anyway, so we cut to the computer doing some shit by itself. Yeah. <laughs> now this is apparently a setup for something else. What did you, What did you tell me? So the chihuahua appears from under the table with red glowing eyes. Yeah. Here's the thing: is the mojo was in the computer. I guess it was on the CD-ROM, or I don't know what the fuck happened, but anyway, it gets put in the dog. Yeah. Now, can you explain, like, and this is what I was trying to say, is, like, there's something with the, there's some ongoing story, and this only went, like, 16 episodes, so I guess it went nowhere, but... So, basically, (laughs) the Chihuahua becomes the main villain. What? So he's like the Rita Repulsa of this? Yes, as a, a dog. Uh, as, a, <laughs> as a character named The Whelp. <sighs> and he has like a mask that covers half his face and you can see him in the credits and everything. But yeah, that's, yeah, yeah I remember that. He becomes the main villain. Horrible! As a result. So this is all just an exposition episode for the following 15 episodes. So this is episodes. like that first episode when Goldar lost his wings exactly. and Rita came out of the trash can and all yep, that shit. You like, nailed it. This is just that because it's Saban, of course. This is their establishing episode, the tradition. Yeah, the tradition continues here, and literally that's it. And we get a Shavik Shavdick entertainment. I don't know. In association with Saban, I guess. This was crap. Yeah, why did this exist? Oh my god, what a bad show. Look, I watched a lot of TV in my time, and Mm -hmm. this is early 2001, so I would have been, you know, 15 years old here. I never heard of this. I never heard of this either. Now, can I say something, Joe? You can say whatever you're you want. You're admittedly not a fan of the Power Rangers, no, right? You don't like them too not much? Not past Mighty Morphin. Right. To me, this was bad, but it was... How do I put it? It was like just as bad as like most of the later Rangers shit when they were just kind of capitalizing. Right, yeah. Like, um, I mean, they, they did a lot of spinoffs, like taking the formula and applying it to other sure. things. Um, like I said, VR Troopers. Well, I remember that. that. I watched that. Yeah, I mean, this was bad, though, because I just feel the base premise, Joe, is just... It's terrible. It's just, I don't understand why... Lo- like, I get I get it, right? Like, Rey Mysterio was kind of family-friendly, especially in 2001. Like, that's yeah. what seemed that he was gearing up doing in his in-between time. Yo, Holmes. Yo, homes, like family friendly homes, Dominic. right? So I get where they were going with this, but also, like, they're not, they don't have, like, powers. Right. Doors, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what it is? Look, a cheap TV show is a cheap TV show, but at least some of the other ones, like Power Rangers is a good example, try to have some semblance of, like, coherency and character development, even though it's poorly acted and quickly and cheaply I, done. I will say, this how, was so yeah. disjointed. Yeah. This was so disjointed and it made, there's just no meaning behind there's anything. There's no depth. It's like, like I said, with like Power Rangers, the reason why it worked is like you said, there was a cohesive story right. that they actually followed through with for multiple seasons right. and things like came back that happened. We, to me, the, the it's always crazy Saban's Power Rangers, like how they were actually consistent with it. Like they were, To me, it's like the most remarkable aspect about it is that somebody cared about everything that ever happened on this like one-off episodes every week yeah. like somebody was actually taking stock of shit that was going on like it's here true. like no nothing yeah. here this was just a terrible terrible television program right and i'd like to hear from you fans out there did you watch this did you know about it have you ever heard of it because i never did until i happened to be looking up something and i was like holy shit we need to check this out and it's bad because just the dialogue was just puttery and stupid and <laughs> bad acting, bad sets, bad everything. Do you think, Joe, that uh, maybe the, the goal of this was like, well, maybe if we can get WF to like hear about this oh, and God, then maybe no. there would be like a crossover episode where like, I don't know, like some 
wrestler would come would on and Val Venus over <laughs> as a bad guy or something. I mean, they were on Star Trek during this period, like Voyager. <laughs> Voyager, or yeah. I don't know, but this was uh, in the plethora of things that we've reviewed. This is ultimately one of the worst, I All think, right. honestly, especially for like a non wrestling wrestling you know, related you know, show. I just said that about the crossover. They're probably. I, I'm I'm scared now that there might be one. Oh, where, I don't like, think so, Quinn. Like where, like I don't know, just some anybody maybe from like Super Astros came over or Stop, something. Stop! No, like, heavy no. Metal on one episode. <laughs> Hector Gaza, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's Hector Gaza. Anyway, folks, uh, check it out if you want to waste 20 minutes of your time and see what we were talking about. Right. It's it's pretty bad, but it's right there on YouTube because. No one fucking well, no cares. One, yeah, I don't think Saban. They're, they're probably like, no. we're hoping nobody remembers this exists. <laughs> we're not going to attract attention by copywriting, yeah. you know, strikes and stuff. But anyway, folks, thank you guys so much again for uh, what's been a really fun season and a very fun 2019 as we start off 2020 now. Thank you guys so much for being a fan of OVP, for listening to us. Spread the word. You can follow us on Twitter, obviously, at OVP Podcast. If you want to donate and support us, it'd be great. You can do that. Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. Have iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, if you want to buy a shirt, by the way, you can teespring.com. That's T E E spring.com slash OVP podcast. Uh, but next week, we'll be back, like we said, for a special episode reviewing the 86 Slammies. Yep. That'll be a fun time. And two weeks from now, we will kick off our next season. New uh, Royal Rankings, new stuff to review, new opening segment, same old OVP. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. Quinn and I will see you next week. See ya. We are here, as always, to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Howdy doody. <laughs> Howdy. Um, I'm Michael Quinn. Um, I'm the host of this show. Um, welcome. Welcome to our Vantage Point Strap Crap production. Um, today we're going to talk about Jacques Rougeau. Um, he's good. Uh, also, we're brought to you by... Um, Strap crap. Uh, um, and only strap Stridex. Um, and bot. Bot. Bot back. On. And Russian bots. Uh, so later on, when we're going to uh, have more. What am I saying? Fuck this. Later on. Later on. Just later on more stuff. Okay. No. Uh, uh, later <laughs> on. Just shut the show down. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Let me really roll that back. Hang on. Let me uh, transition us out of the scene. <laughs> All right. Get the hell out of here. Whoa, that's not even the theme. <laughs> that was an accident. This is the wrong fucking theme. Hang on, I gotta redo that. And then also, if you like your retro wrestling... Sm- <laughs> if you like your wrestling... <laughs> if you like your... Uh, three, two... Stay tuned. Strap in your seatbelts, because we have a... <laughs> Why? Strap crap. <laughs> a lot of people, when they blow their nose, it doesn't sound very good. I think I can make it sound good. Oh, God. I'd like to... Really? <laughs> I-, I messed up the fucking fake segment. No pookies. No actually... pookies, my gee. Oh, you got a mustache. You got a... This is what, yeah. No, this is true. This is mustache life. This I, is what I, you I, pay you, for. You know the same thing, right? Mustache I mean... life. Before. I need to... Sorry. Go ahead. It's the winter, folks. <laughs> so it... I can't. <laughs> As Quinn fights with his hoodie to unzip it. 
It was stuck on my shirt. Let me roll it back. We got to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Yep, we do. That's what we do. And we will once I unmute it. Uh, Ronnie Govin. Govin, yes. Govin. Govin. Ronnie Govin. Girls. 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 Girls.